0: Ready to go? Ready to go? Ready to go? Uh, wait, wait. Okay. <sighs> yep, yep. Season 6, baby! Let's do it! Good morning, burr, good burr. afternoon. Oh, for sake, cookie!
1: Yeah, I did it! Ugh, I got one in. Alright. Now I'm ready. I
0: hate you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night wherever you are in the world, and welcome to season six of Endurance Chat. I am Michael Zalivari once again, and joining me today to talk one of the premier sports car events of the world, we have the two Americans, Cookie Monster FL Austin Zetzman, and Quish Chris, Chris Washer97. Welcome back to season six! Season wow.
1: six. This is how we label things.
0: Congrats, no, yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've 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 turned into the WEC. We've gone from whatever last year was so season six, there we go. Okay,
1: heck yeah, I'm 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 all about it. Hell I'm all yeah. about it. When, uh,
0: when we do the last podcast
2: of the season, can we do a commercial like "Don't miss the thrilling season finale"? now? <laughs>
1: yes, honestly, we should be doing that now. I mean, I if mean, we aren't, we're missing out on some uh, like just easy easy wins here for some of the listeners. <laughs> oh my mm-hmm. god, oh, uh, but yeah, no, it's, this is. Uh, can you imagine that this is the year after 2020?
0: Yeah, we're living uh, in a post 2020 <laughs> lifestyle now.
1: If you listen like all of our podcasts for some ridiculous reason, all like in a yearly order for like the Rolex, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this one's already off the rails, but it's just because it's like it's been twenty twenty. I don't even know how we'll even keep this organized in general. So, oh uh, yeah, we'll I'm, try. I'm ready for racing. Yes, I'm definitely ready for racing at this point. Oh
0: my god, how good was just watching the Dubai twenty four hour last weekend? Like, I didn't even take in much of the race but just watching cars go around the track and then going to bed with cars going around the track and then waking up with cars going around the track like ah it was just it's just such a a wholesome feeling inside you just to be a part of that again
1: even though they're slow yeah yeah not really (laughs) Um, all right they're not fast we'll just say that but they're definitely sports cars hey remember we were meant to be talking
0: about rolex (laughs) 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 already um there has been so much news in the month that we've taken off, like, uh, between the Asian Le Mans series changing its calendar and getting another five cars or something, uh, between, uh, the cancellation of the Bathurst 12 hour, yeah, which we knew already, uh, the WEC entry list being revealed, and the new calendar. There's been so much, but we can't cover all of it right now because we do have some time commitments that we need to get ahead of, and there's a lot to cover today, but rest assured, in the coming two or three weeks or so, we should get through, uh, Asian Le Mans series preview and WEC Preview and we should cover all of that. But first, we have a first for us at Endurance Chat. Uh, and I haven't told anyone about this yet, so this is a big surprise to everyone. For the first time in six years, we have a sponsor. We actually have someone who has given us money to advertise on our little project, and that sponsor is the Racing Line app for iOS. So uh yeah, it's this is kind of crazy and kind of cool, but Thank you to The Racing Line for sponsoring this podcast. I expect to see that check in my mail in a week. Uh, Well, firstly, we've got to cover, you know, like Mm. hosting fees and whatever. But anyway, The Racing Line. (laughs) The Racing Line app. Here we go. Uh, The Racing Line is a motorsport calendar and notification app for iOS uh, devices. It includes all major series with more being added all the time, giving you a daily and weekly list of races so you can easily see what's coming up. All events converted to your local time zone so you don't need uh, me to convert them for you and then get them wrong and then miss the start of races. Uh, It also lets you customise notifications so you can choose what you're notified about uh, and how early you're notified for a certain series. Uh, So uh, give them a look on the iOS store. uh, Just search for The Racing Line or check them out on Twitter. Uh, And yeah, thank you so much uh, to The Racing Line for for jumping on board and sponsoring us it's incredible i mean it only took six years for someone to be interested enough uh to sponsor us but it's it's kind of awesome right
1: we have a i mean i mean really it's incredible but i feel like what's more incredible is that uh, you know they it almost seems like they listen to the podcast to an extent where they, like we messed up so many like start times <laughs> and like have struggled with not like missing live events they like we need to help these guys specifically so that they stop missing this stuff because yeah, I like I've done and we've done it. I think there's a, there was a subreddit at one point for this stuff. There was was like, there's different things that I've subscribed to, to do it. And I feel like this is probably the most natural way you could kind of get it, the information to you, especially with uh, smartphones and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's not like it's something that we won't use. Oh, and, absolutely. I mean, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people that are listening would probably use it too, so why not? And, That's And, awesome.
0: oh my God, if it can g- help me get through the, like, three weeks where Australian Daylight Saving Changes, Europe's Daylight Saving Changes, and America's Daylight Saving Changes, all not at the same time, then, oh, praise be. Praise be. Because uh, that is literally, for me, the worst time to be writing up those weekly threads for, for races because it's just... It's just the worst, okay? Just trying to keep track of everything. So thank you very much to the racing line. Um, Check them out in the iOS store. Uh, as far as I know, uh, there isn't a... Uh, it's not released on the Google Play Store yet or at all, um, but we will see what happens with that. Um, there's a lot of uh, little things that are focused and we can give you a full rundown. And I'm sure you can have a look on the App Store and see if you want to get onto, onto it all. But yeah, thank you very much for the racing line for sponsoring this podcast. Wow, getting the shill in straight away. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yep, gots to. Got yep. to. I'm downloading to... it right now as we speak.
0: Yep. Uh, back, back onto the real stuff. It's Rolex time, baby. It's the first big one of the year. Uh, so we, there's a lot of changes in the IMSA paddock uh, for 2021, uh, including the introduction of the LMP3 class to IMSA competition uh, in the top uh, the top level for the first time after loitering around in PC for a little while. What do we think of the uh, the fifty car field and the inclusion of LMP3? Great, we think nothing. Awesome, we can just move right on then. It's <laughs> <I'm> all <totally laughs> waiting for Chris to start. <sighs> Dang it! Oh. <laughs> it was it was a, it was a big game of chicken.
1: Yeah. Oh, I and I I won. No, neither, neither of could. you won. I won. <laughs> I
0: won the game of chicken. Okay, uh, Cookie, uh, 50 cars. It's a, a big race from last year. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a much bigger race. Uh, still, I don't believe, you know, I mean, it's it's up there. It's definitely, you know, I think the car count's spread right about there. You know, what we were expecting pre-COVID. So, uh, But yeah, it's a lot of inclusion of some new uh, machinery to the class. Well, to the entire uh, endurance race in general uh, for this one for just 24 hours. Again, I'm not sure. I think I might have asked this before. Is this the first time we've ever seen MP3s run in a twenty four hour environment like this? Yes. Uh no. Actually
0: Ooh,
2: okay. uh twenty twenty five hours of Thunderhill.
0: Oh, but that's not okay. a real endurance race. Well uh and I
1: think that was using the, some of the genetic equipment, right? Or were they eventually using Leje? I
0: think a was
2: rain last year.
1: Okay. Okay. But I digress. Uh the I think the the finished OMP3, second
2: overall. All right. The MP,
1: okay. Yeah, actually, because then, well, then Flying Lizard got it with like the Audi, right, or something,
2: something like that. But it did finish second overall. I don't know if they had any any uh, mechanical issues,
1: yeah, but yeah, they yeah,
2: they yeah. they have ran fit, and finished a twenty five hour race before with the lige
1: Okay. So yeah, but still, I mean, that is if a handful—if you want to even consider that a handful of times that it's actually run in that environment—so it'll be just an interesting see how the machinery fares, uh, and then also you just have a lot of question marks behind the wheel in those cars. Yeah. So it is a very, very highly potential for LMPC. So um, if you have a drinking problem, please uh be <laughs> careful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep you advised for that. But I mean, we'll- uh.
0: We'll get deeper into that when we talk about the LMP3 class particularly, but they are all very, very good points, Cookie Monster. Uh, Chris, how much staying power do you reckon these extra entries have? We've seen, last year we only had 39 entries for Rolex, and then as the season progressed with the whole changes to, uh, to the series from Coronavirus, we lost a few entries. But 50 entries on race one, that's a pretty pretty good start. How, how many do you reckon we'll see come Sebring or come uh, whatever's after that?
2: Well, I don't believe it's 50 entries anymore. It's down to 49 since Tim Pappas of the Black Swan Racing, oh ah, yes, uh, got COVID, had COVID. Um, they were plans to have an extra LMP3 fielded by Mueller Motorsports, but I do not know if that's going to come to fruition. So as of right now, we only have 49 cars. But I think the I think most of the LMP2 teams, um, we're not going to see those go full season. I believe like high class and. Racing team, Netherlands, um, obviously only here for the Rolex. And now that Sebring is canceled,
0: for the WEC most
2: the... correct yep. for, for the WEC. I don't see them staying in the states or potentially doing that race. So, so, like the LMP2 is probably gonna have a huge dive. LMP3, I think most of them are full season okay. or at least endurance only. GTD, obviously, you're going to have, I think we're going to have about, I'm going to say 12, 15 full season, just off off the top of my head. And then obviously, I believe we have six full time DPIs. Um, and then obviously, GT Lama is just going to be the two Corvettes and the Porsche full season. And the BMWs are only going to be for the Enduro round. So mm. I think, so 49 cars for the Rolex is great, but I don't know, I think. We're going to have 10, 15 less cars for the actual full season.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's jump into, uh, all these cars and discuss uh, a little bit more about the classes and I'll pre-warn everyone, uh, All the information that we're going to be talking about has been shamelessly stolen from the Daily Sports Car series uh, uh, by Ryan Kish, uh, the Rolex 24 entry list unpicked. So thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, There's nothing I love more than mooching off my colleagues uh, (laughs) in every walk of life, uh, as we can see here with this podcast. Uh, But uh, five classes for the first time in a long time. Uh, let's go from the top. DPI, uh, as Chris mentioned, six full-season entries. There's been quite a lot of reshuffling in those entries as well. A few, a little bit of downsizing, a little bit of upskilling as well, and some massive star power into the class. Uh, let's talk about the bad news first. Uh, there's, we've already mentioned it, six full-season cars, seven for Rolex. It is the smallest DPI entry for, for IMSA. Since the launch of the class back in twenty seventeen, gosh, so long ago, and that breaks down to one Mazda, two Action Express Racing uh, Cadillacs. No, they uh, yeah, Cadillacs, right? Yes, yes, uh, and then one one full season, one just for the Rolex. Uh, the return of Chip Ganassi Racing in a Cadillac. Uh, the return return of uh, Maya Shank Racing into an Acura. Uh, at uh, sorry, into the top class in an Acura, and also Wayne Taylor Racing step into the Acura as well. So uh, a few familiar names there, uh, a few nice returns to the top class. Um, but how concerned should we be with the health of the DPI class? Is is there a reason to be concerned at right now, a week out of Rolex, uh, with the number of cars in this class? Chris. Well, I mean.
2: Isn't DPI getting replaced by LMDH 2023 anyway? So I think for the next couple of years, I think we'll just have a – I think we'll have a stagnant amount of teams we have here until the new regulations kick in. So I'm not too worried.
0: Not too worried? Okay, Cookie, what about you? Are you worried? uh,
1: Along the same lines of Chris, I wouldn't be worried. However, I think this – does pose a bit of an issue where it comes to just a natural expansion of the class it doesn't seem to be it it seems like especially in the u.s that it's still not a big enough market to kind of naturally be bringing in you know in between regulation cycles uh you know extra manufacturers or extra chassis or extra privateers that are entering beyond what is already available it seems like so um, and just a, a correction, too, it wasn't two of the AXRs, it's uh, J, JCDC's doing one of them. So. Oh, yes, But they're both chemis, or, uh, Cadillacs, so. Um, so... no, I mean, like, you know, the car count, yeah, is down, but technically, I would say the quality of cars is still there to a certain extent. Um, you know, we are missing one of the Mazdas, so that would, you know, that's unfortunate. But, like, at the same time, it, like, like I said, I think it just speaks for the fact that, like... Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of the IMSA fan base was just very much of a, like, we are very, like, this is different, we know, like, this is how you do this in terms of uh, getting more prototype, like, overall big-time racing getting in here. And while we did lose Penske and we did trade out uh, for Chip Ganassi, it's still like, you know, we're not we're not adding it. It's not being mm. like, you know, it doesn't need to be NASCAR, but we're not seeing a Chip Ganassi and a Penske and a Hendrick and, uh, you know, all this other stuff where we're seeing like lots of these and they're seeing the worth of okay, fine, we might not win this race and we might not, you know, we might finish fourth in the championship this year, but next year we can win it. Yeah. And I feel like you see that in IndyCar, NASCAR and other other stuff in the US, but for some reason in IMSA, still the DPI isn't necessarily getting what I think people thought it was going to initially. So yeah.
0: and, and if you look um, at but the, I'm not
1: necessarily worried too much about it.
0: Yeah, if you look at the timeline of DPI since its inception, we had what, four factory uh, outfits when it started, the two Cadillac outfits in uh, Action Express and Wayne Taylor Racing, uh, the Mazdas and Core Autosport, well, no, uh, ESM running the Nissans. Uh, Then that got transferred to Core and Acura came in. And then since then, it's just been a little bit of downsizing in each instance. So we've gone from, what, 10 factory cars to six factory cars with two privateers now to just six factory cars so it has been a little bit of decline but I think both of you make a really good point there we are just kind of in the middle of a holding pattern with the next update of regulations coming in two years so yeah I I, I'm not uh, to, to echo what you guys have said I'm not too worried but it is just a you know like an orange flag just something to keep an eye on in saying that though there is some mega star power in this class in terms of driving talent. And Rolex does seem to just pull out this just incredible amount of driving talent from nowhere. We've got some xf one racers, some just from last season. Uh, Kevin Magnuson's racing in a car. Um, er- Marcus Ericsson. Yes, it is right. Marcus Ericsson in a car as well. Uh, so we've got some NASCAR drivers. I think last year's Sprint Cup champion, uh, Chase Elliott, is in a car as well uh, alongside... Uh, I, I'm going to get all these names wrong because I don't watch NASCAR. Uh, whereabouts is it? Uh, Jimmy Johnson as well. And then some mm-hmm. in, indie racers, Alex Rossi, who won the 100th Indy 500, and Sebastian Bourdais, who's been racing every single sports car he can get his hand on since uh, jumping out of Indy cars. And then, of course, our favorite WEC and prototype drivers as well uh, in, in amongst all our IMSA regulars. So it's, it's a really cool, uh, like... Amalgamation of American motorsports, really, that that the Rolex pulls together.
2: And it really has been because back when it was a Grand Am race, you still had like IndyCar drivers and NASCAR drivers coming together Tony Stewart, Dale Hart Jr., Danica Patrick, I believe, Paul Tracy. Um, Basically, like the American motorsports world even just stopped just for this one race because it was the only thing on. And also, uh, in the ACDC frontman Brian Johnson raced the Daytona Prototype here before. What? So it, it attracts all people, and it's just a great race to have everybody included on. No, you're you're kidding. No, that can't be right. Uh, nope. I think it was like a, for a charity. He was promoting, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, drive drive for a lot drive to be alive, or something. it's some it was something like that, yep. and it was like f- number fifty or whatever. Yeah, he because oh. he lives out in Sarasota. Uh,
0: that's uh, your Florida, neck of the woods on
1: the Gulf Coast. Yeah, near me actually. Far out. And, uh, and yeah, so he's yeah, he's ties, uh, frequently seen around here.
0: That ties in very nicely with what we were talking about before the podcast, where we we're talking about the song ACVC by Neil <laughs> Uh We're not going to play that. <laughs> no, you know, just, look that just one just up, up far, at your own peril, everyone. It? <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah, I think I think the the thing to mention for DPR this year is just the the jumbling of teams of ownership of drivers uh just new faces legendary faces like this is a weird all-star almost irock esque kind of lineup that i'm seeing on uh, top to bottom in the dpi field so just from an uh, just a personal combo of endurance drivers or just drivers that aren't used to endurance and just you're curious to see how they do like it's going to be really exciting to see even if there isn't what, what I feel like everybody's so used to at Daytona 24 is you see like 17 car, you know, over, you know, overall fighting for the win class entries. And yeah. I just feel like this, this feels more like Le Mans and it's just so much, I think it's, it's not comfortable for people that, cause it's just, you know, the DP era. And even before that, there just was so many WSC entries that you could go through and they just had so many overall potential winners. Uh, that, yeah, I think that's what's catching a lot of people off guard here, which, honestly, I you shouldn't, because, man, this is going to be... Insane, and just with the reliability with these cars too. Uh, I mean, this isn't really where it's like, oh, that's going to be a great car to see. Hopefully, it'll it'll last. All these cars should last outside the Mazda. So,
0: <laughs> I like that you qualified that there as well. Uh, but it's I the same. To. It's the same questions we ask every year. You know, we ask the same things when Alonso came in to uh, the the Daytona 24 after being an F1 driver for a long time. You know, it's it's how will these drivers deal with the night racing, with the traffic, with the longer stints, with the middle of the night stints with the tomorrow morning stints you know the same questions every year and i don't think there's really been a driver that has besides alonso of course because he was mental who has just come in and stepped in and been immediately comfortable uh so you know for the likes of chase elliott for the likes of kevin magnuson you know who don't have those uh long stints in uh in sports cars under their belt yet uh it could be a a point of difference for them um but damn such an interesting uh interesting field to get through there's been a, a significant amount of reshuffling with the regulars as well so uh the the guys from the penske uh ordeal uh they've all been shuffled around either into other dpi drives or into lmp2 drives Um, So, uh, Ricky Taylor, Felipe Albuquerque, and Helio Castro Neves have all moved to Wayne Taylor Racing. Uh, So, Ricky's been reunited with his dad once more, um, but not with his brother, who's still driving, I think, uh, the Corvette, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, van der Zander's moved over to Chip Ganassi. He's alongside Scott Dixon, Mark Saracen, and Ke- Kevin Magnussen as well. Uh, Dane Cameron and Olivia Pla and Juan Pablo Motoya have jumped into the Maya Shank uh, racing, uh, Acura. So there's, there's a lot of mix-ups here with, uh, with all the regular names. And on top of that as well, with the Mazda, their two-car team has been downsized into one all-star car, basically, with Jarvis, Bomarito, and Tinknell. And just looking at the driver lineups, I- I'd almost say that's the strongest car in the field. I mean, it,
1: the, the the crazy part is looking at each one, and you can make a case for them. Yeah, absolutely. And we on that's so cliche, but like the amount of talent on all these, and it's literally down to either how the setup is or just the chassis. So I, you got to give the nod a little bit to Cadillac, but the Acuras have been faster, and Mazda has been too, but again for 24 hours we'll see but it's just like all of these have good storylines i mean the only one maybe that i wouldn't want to see is the 10 to win but like even the, even <laughs> so it's just cuz they've won a lot and i would still like to see the storyline of them win so i think there's just there's nothing but a really interesting twist to this who no matter who wins i feel like and just with the driver lineups alone i feel like that's just so much storylines to run through it anyway so yeah. i'm just i'm really happy that we see a lot you know because we've had a few a few years where we really just have had some gentlemen drivers uh entries will just say in dpi and this is not that not that exactly
0: oh we got uh, johan in the chat saying dpi is the most rng class of them all wait until gtd my friend wait until gtd uh we'll we'll just quickly go through uh the drivers of each car just to sort of give you a bit of an idea of who's where um so go through the cadillacs first Chip Ganassi racing back with their steel grey machine. They got van der Zander, Dixon, Ericsson, and Magnussen in the O1, the return of the O1. Um, they're going up against uh, Vortier, Bourdais, and Loic Duval in the Cadillac DPI. Duval back in a, a prototype for a full season, I think, as well, in the JDC Miller Motorsports Mustang Sampling car that's going to be uh someone to watch and all french car actually looking at the entry list yeah yeah um and then we've got uh, all the familiar faces in the number 31 action express car uh felipe nasa pipa durani and mike conway joined by chase elliott so that's going to be uh, a very mm-hmm. very big car uh to, and, to watch
2: and the thing to note that when nascar the nascar cup series went to the daytona road course last year albeit a little bit different course with the chicane after the end of nascar turn four chase Elliott won that race so he st- has
0: experience at the track it's just a prototype he needs to get used to yeah and i i read in ryan kish's amazing article uh that uh, he won something like five races last year or sorry he won how many races last year he won like uh, 11 races last year and five of them were road courses so he has uh significant experience at road courses, it seems. So he is able to turn right uh, or left, whichever one's the one that's wrong in America. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes in a prototype and passing traffic and et etc. Et uh The last Cadillac on the list uh, is the Ali Cad- Cadillac Racing, the second Action Express car um with uh just for daytona uh with jimmy johnson kamui kobayashi simon Pagano and mike rockenfeller or the uh former audi lmp1 driver from way way mm-hmm. back in the in the day
2: i want to say that this isn't jimmy johnson's first rolex he actually no. competed here six seven times before and with the daytona prototypes and his best finish was second, and he even competed for four years with the Gainscope, Bob Stallings team. So he raced with Mm -hmm. high-end teams before in this race.
0: Yeah, so it's certainly uh, no stranger to the banking of Daytona on that one. So just looking at the Cadillacs in Isolations, guys, uh, which one do you reckon is going to be the strongest? Remember, in here, we have Formula One talent, uh, NASCAR talent, WEC talent, LMP1 talent, DPI talent, and other talent as well. Looking at looking at you, uh Dixon for your He's got he's got G T three talent as well. He raced the Bathurst last year. Yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh give us give us your, your top your top caddy. Uh I I
1: my I would love for the sixty to win. Like I would That's not even a be... caddy. I just
0: said focus on the caddies. God damn uh, it.
1: Well, I know, I'm just saying. I want the sixty to win. That's like my heart. Uh, That's where my heart's at. But if i'm going to choose it's going to be a caddy obviously and it's pro. i'm going to probably say the 01 01 you going to
0: go chip ganassi in this yeah. return to racing yeah Enter... uh, yeah far out yeah.
1: okay yeah i i just i mean they they've got they'll have you know it's back to back for the roar so yeah it's not as much where you can do a bunch of data offset but like it's it's cadillac they'll they'll give them enough data and it's it's chip ganassi i feel like and again their driver lineup is just stupid <laughs> yeah so, you can say that yeah Yeah, I mean, it's either that or it would be the, uh, maybe the 31. Chase is really, really, really good on the road. Pippo is just Pippo. Mike Conway is Mike Conway and Nazar is really fast. So that would probably be my other one.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I reckon because of the continuity in that car, the fact that three of those four drivers were racing in that car last year, I reckon that one's the pick for me. Chris, what about you? I'm gonna go with the forty-eight mainly mainly because
2: Jimmy uh, Jimmy Johnson's previous experience. He's not new to prototypes, and he knows the track. Um, and also uh, Kimi Kobayashi, you know Mike Rockefeller, LMP one drivers can't be can't hard to beat. It's really hard to beat that. And also Simon Pagenaud before he went to IndyCar was an American Lamar Series LMP2 champion. So oh. lots of experience in this car. So that's going to be my pick for, for just for the caddies and the
0: overall win. Oh, wow. Committing early. Okay, let's let's quickly talk about uh, the rest of the class because we've got a lot to get through still. Uh, we have two Acuras, uh, the Wayne Taylor Racing jumping over to an Acura. Uh, again, their beautiful black and blue Konica Minolta scheme on that ARX 05. They've had a tumultuous uh, prep for this race, only getting the the Penske Acura's very late on the piece and apparently everything was at the very end of its life. So they basically had to build new cars in order to get them together. Uh so as we made mention, Ricky Taylor back in the Wayne Taylor garage, uh Albuquerque and Rossi jumping in and Castro Neves for the endurance races, uh, the other uh, Acura, as Cookie mentioned, is the number 60, the Myershank Racing, with Curb, uh, with Pla Almondinger, Dane Cameron, and Juan Pablo Montoya, um, jumping in just for the Enduros. And then the Mazda, of course, we mentioned Jarvis Bomarito and Tinknell. Uh Surprised to see no Tristan Nunez in that Mazda, but we'll catch up with him a little later on. Uh, how do you rate these guys' chances? Cookie, you mentioned you wanted to see the 60 win. How 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 much do you reckon that is on the cards? Do you reckon they can overpower the Cadillac Brigade? They
1: seem to have issues the last few times when they were at, at Daytona. Uh with uh, some some actual mechanical problems so i feel like that's more of a little bit of a thing that gets swept under the rug a bit just because mazda just seems to be more spectacular with their issues mm. um so i think that that's already an uphill i feel like you know it you know as i say cadillac or chip ganassi stepping into a cadillac you know outfit and basically winning it overall it might be a little bit boastful a bit or bold but i don't think so just from like their the size of that of uh, that company and they're also they're just the amount of just experience they've had running even two cars in dp so meyer shank's done it before but it's just such a smaller operation so you know i feel like there's probably going to need a little bit more potentially up to speed with that acura than maybe chip ganassi does um the lineup isn't is great it's fantastic and also i want to see aj Allmendinger win and i'd love to see jpm win it again and all that stuff but i just think it's going to be it's going to be tough for me to see acura's take it overall and I, I would almost want to take the nod to the 10 over the 60 to yeah. potentially do that. But I still, ah, I would love the 60 to win. So that's, my, <laughs> that's my heart pick.
0: Yeah, so you made, made a good point there. The fact that they've only got the cars very late on the piece means that they haven't had the opportunity to do like the proper prep and testing that you would want. Whereas for most of the Cadillac runners, they've had these cars since last years and they know them very intimately. So it, they they are fighting an uphill battle. Chris, uh, you, you mentioned uh, number... Forty-eight for the overall of the other cars. What do you reckon the the Acuras and the the Mazda? Who do you reckon places next? I I really do like
2: the sixty because I mean Olivier Pla, um, and Dane, and all these guys very experienced. Juan Pablo Montoya and AJ Almendinger, former winners of the event, and uh, it's nice and also heartfelt story here. AJ Almendinger won this race in two thousand twelve with the same team he's going to be running this weekend. Um, so, so that's going to be nice. A little, little home for the AJ uh guy. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, he's going to be racing at Daytona, I believe, in the road course in the 16 Cup car. So this is just huh. kind of experience to try to get back into this NASCAR
0: winning ways in the Cup Series. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, there's your seven-car DPI field. Um, I'm... Picking the thirty-one, I think. I think the thirty-one. Uh, if if Chase Elliott can get up to speed in that car, that car should just be unbelievable. Because just look at those drivers! Look at those drivers! It's incredible.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, I, and and Chase would be the weak point. And from what he's done in NASCAR, on on that, I just I have no doubts he's going to be up to speed very quickly. He'll be very fast. So absolutely. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be like like he he might not be hippo, but he certainly might beat Conway and Nazar on the timesheets, depending on... Hey, man, I'm telling you, like the NASCAR drivers still surprise me with some of that stuff, where they're just like, okay, I thought they were not that fast, but they are that fast. And, I mean, I feel like we're just... We got a little bit miffed a bit with Jeff Gordon, because he was definitely in the twilight of his career, and I don't think he was ever used to that kind of stuff. Again, Chase just seems like he's he's wired right now uh, for road course racing, and this would probably suit him pretty well. So I... I, like I said, I think that 31 is super, super good, but still giving the nod to 01. <laughs> still <laughs> we're still looking for that Chip Ganassi.
0: Fair enough. Yeah.
1: And and also, I've they have the driver
2: ratings right next to the name. And take a look at the two NASCAR drivers, Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott.
0: Platinum. Both Platinums, exactly. So they uh, immediately stick out as some high-quality drivers there. So we'll leave DPI uh, for now, and we'll go to the other pro class, uh, GT one which... Uh, is a little uncertain, undersubscribed uh, at the moment, but I definitely don't think you can call it uninter- interesting, especially not for Daytona, because we have a six-car field uh, with, you know, we talk about the bad news first. Six cars might not be as strong as it has been in the past. Four cars for the full season is also a little, four or three maybe even for the full season, so we're a little unsure about that. Um, it's only but- going to be three. Only three? Okay, so we'll, we'll lose half of this class come yeah. uh, the round after Sebring. <laughs> But... Yeah, this looks like a Le Mans lineup, too. There's just, like... It's it's yeah, yeah, it's just crazy cars left, right, and yeah. center. We're almost going to go back to the uh, days of uh, Corvette racing themselves in this class uh, pretty soon, um, which is something uh, that's definitely not unfamiliar to people who've been watching American Le Mans series or IMSA or whatever in the past. Uh, but... In this class at the moment, for Daytona and for Sebring at least, we have uh, two cars from Corvette, two of the brand new C8Rs in their second season, uh, two cars from BMW, the big M8s in the twilight of their runtime, uh, and a Reese Ferrari and a WeatherTech Racing Proton Porsche. Uh, so how do we feel about that six-car entry list just on the strength of that, uh, like those taglines there? Cookie cliche
1: everything about people's complaints about gte and gtlm for the last almost decade so i don't know i mean it's it is what it is uh the three and four are you know i just i feel so bad i kind of feel bad for corvette because i feel like that's a they just haven't really had a good peg of that car yet and i I just feel like it's very very good like it's just really good and now they just
0: the gtlm champions cookie have they how do you feel bad for them they haven't got a peg on that car. they're champions I know, but I, I mean, just in terms
1: of where to sit that car, it's kind of the same thing of like, you know, where we see Toyota, Audi, Porsche versus Toyota versus privateers, you know what I mean? Yeah, It's that okay. kind of deal. Because I do feel like the 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 M8 is not on the same caliber as the C8, Um, and then the Rizzi probably, the 488 could definitely challenge it, at least for right now, but I just, I, I don't know how Rizzi does it, because it's Rizzi. Uh, yeah. They might have a decent car set up there, but it probably isn't... As, along the same lines as they have Corsa but and then WeatherTech Racing is just you know whatever I don't know <laughs> uh but I, I don't know I I I just feel like it's they they deserve to have competition in this class and uh just it's a bummer to see Porsche you know back especially with how terrible their season was last year yeah. um that you know, that's, hurts that, that's my, a bummer
0: hurts my it hurts my heart still uh Chris yeah. what are your thoughts uh do you reckon we're gonna see an interesting race in GTLM even with the six cars
2: uh, all depends on what the BOP stage like, really, because we could see a great, fantastic race. I remember a couple of years back when they just had the GT Le Mans guys all nose to tail, pretty much the entire field. We had like seven or eight cars, or it could be like years past when, like you know, one manufacturer could just kind of be like running away away with it, and the rest could be fighting for scraps. Um, it's all good. It's just. We'll just have to wait and see we got the qualifying race on Sunday, so we get to see them in race action. And, and that's we'll, you
0: know. this Sunday. That's tomorrow. Well, for me, tomorrow. Yeah. Co- yeah. Co- correct. Yeah. Cool. So 36 we, hours time. <laughs> and if you check your racing line app, you'll be able to convert that into your own time zone and get notified for it. Yeah, it's not actually if- 36, 36 hours. Just use the app. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And if you're listening uh, on the week of Rolex, it'll most likely be on
0: the IMSA uh, YouTube channel to watch before the big race. Nice. Uh, so let's let's crack into this uh, this field. Uh, we'll talk about each of these uh, car, the teams in isolation first, before combining it all together. So let's talk about Corvette. They are the only full season factory effort for this year, running the new C8R. They they managed to get through Rolex last year. Pretty unscathed, if my memory serves me correctly. So they, they've obviously got a, a car built for endurance racing in that C8. Uh, and with the two driver lineups, there's uh, not really any too many big changes. I think the biggest change is Oliver Gavin stepping down from a full season drive and replacing Mr. Gavin in that car is a uh, name very familiar to this podcast, Nick Tandy. Uh, jumping from the Porsche program, so Nick Tandy's going to be in the number four, uh, and they've also picked up uh, BMW refugees, uh, Nicky Katzberg and uh, Alexander Sims. Uh, so that I think that's the biggest storyline in Corvettes uh, books, uh, especially uh, for fans of Nick Tandy. And the
1: news that uh, the uh, the you know the looming LMDH program that's coming for Porsche too. It seems odd to. Have him, you know, jump ship essentially to Corvette, and I—I I mean, that's a manufacturer shift, and it's not kind of like it's oh, I'm going to go to BMW or Reezy and kind of ride this out for a couple of years until Porsche starts needing me for testing and stuff. This seems like it's an actual like shift to Corvette. So, mm. um, but yeah, so I—I I mean, that—that that was, and again, I—I almost kind of want to think that it was interesting to not see more of the uh, ex-core uh, Porsche drivers uh finding kind of GTLM spots or anything like that. But again, that just might be for how that's working out with the internal stuff of Porsche. So mm. um but yeah, I think that that was a huge that was a huge boom for uh for Corvette, I think, getting Nick Tandy. He's a fantastic fantastic GT Porsche driver.
0: He's come a long carter. way since that twenty fifteen Daytona where what was it, Bill Orbelin called him what did he call him? He just absolutely ripped into him for like twenty seconds on an oh, interview. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. That's a, that's on our uh, that's on our Yeah, that's Reddit, on our YouTube, uh, YouTube channel. channel. Yeah. So, but yeah, he called him oh man, yeah, he called him like a like a mor- absolute moron or something like that, I think. That but was that was also again the, but the, again, that's just the same year that he won overall petit.
0: And the same and year he won, he won at Lamar. Le Le like <laughs> that so was his like, breakout year.
1: Maybe maybe it was Bill Oberlin's harsh tone <laughs> on the uh, on the airwaves that uh, sent Nick Tandy into a rage and decided to just win everything. So that's why it's just like a- anything he does. Like and again, like they he's he's been involved in some contact incidents and stuff, and all the Porsches beat you know little Argy bargy. Uh, but it's I don't know. I feel like he they make up for it with just the talent and the wins. Mm, so, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, good good get for Corbett.
0: Absolutely, uh, Chris. What about uh, Katzberg and Sims, two refugees from the BMW program? How do they? How do you reckon they're going to integrate into the the Corvette?
2: Well, I mean, the good news is obviously we get the roar, and then they have a qualifying race to uh, get themselves affiliated with the car if they're going to run the qualifying race themselves. Um, but if they do run the qualifying race, it should give them pr- some good experience to know what um, in race trim and what the car is going to look like, um, especially with a six car grid. Um, And that might not be the worst idea to put at least one of them in the car because I believe only two drivers um, will do the race with a driver change in the middle. So um, especially with the Roar, it's going to help them. But um, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference uh, because the Corvette, obviously, as we saw last year, winning the IMSA championship. I mean, the car, very, very good. The drivers just need to put it on the tarmac.
0: Yeah, and as, as Johannes' mentioned in the chat, Katzberger has already done a season with the Corvette. Uh, it is a bit interesting, though, that they're going from the big front-engined uh, M8 to the mid-engine Corvette, that might be a little bit of a point of difference for them to get a hand around. Um, but for Tandy, he's going from the rear-engine Porsche into the into the Corvette. So, uh, interesting times at Corvette racing. Uh, we'll talk about the prancing horse next. Rizzi competition back in back in the saddle again for the endurance rounds. Uh, running the 488 GTE, of course, and going to be painted up in beautiful Testarossa red as it always is. Um, a pretty unsurprising driving lineup. It's a it's a mix of uh, all of the the greatest, best factory drivers from Ferrari, and a few drivers that have already raced with Risi either at Le Mans or in other IMSA rounds. Uh, Pierre Guidi, uh, David Regon, uh, James Collado from the AF Corsa stable, and Jules Gounon, uh, who has been making waves over the past twelve months, um, with his efforts at the Bathurst Twelve Hour, particularly, but also ran that car at Le Mans. Uh, do we? Is Reezy a serious competitor? Can you call Reezy a serious competitor uh, if he's just coming in for the endurance rounds as a privateer in the Ferrari that's kind of under-supported? Can you, can you say that he's a proper competitor? Uh. <laughs> you guys both chimed
1: in at exactly the same time again. I know, it's awful. We just have the same timing. I'm just going to keep going first. Uh, yes, I think they, yeah, they should be considered a serious competitor. He has the experience for it. Um, it is a car that is not falling apart, uh, so it runs, and, uh, so, and it's a 24-hour race, there are only six entries in the class, um, yes, they they probably, you know, they don't have the right, I would say, equipment for, to compete for the class win, but again, you know, as soon as we say, well, you shouldn't count them out, because there's no reliability issues, there's gonna be reliability issues, and they're gonna sneak up into a podium or win it, so, um... No, I would say that it's not likely that they're going to have any form. I don't think they're going to have any success in this race. Just from what I can see from Corvette, I just think they're just too good. Uh, but, hey, they could get some favorable BOP and stuff can fall their way and you can easily get a podium. So, um, I mean, yeah, they'll, you know, there's only six cars in the class. That's all I can say. So, if there's like 20, I would definitely be a little bit more concerned in terms of like, are they a contender? No. Yeah. But with this, they have they have to be considered just for the
0: the few amount of entries and and Chris how important is it to have Ricci on the grid is it something that uh, you feel is missing if they're not there yeah because they've been in the
2: American Le Mans series for such a long time and the Ferrari GTE is such a good car i i like it a lot and it's just it's just uh only having BMW and Corvette and the one Porsche um Especially with the full season round, like with only uh, Corvette in the uh, one lone Porsche, it's nice to have that variety of the grid. So, I think the Ferrari, uh, especially the having it as a GTE, really adds it to the race. Yeah,
0: great point. Um, let's talk about the, those drivers real quickly Pierguidi, Regon, Collado. That's basically lifted straight from their uh, WEC car. In fact, that. Or that almost is the fifty one from Le Mans. The only change is uh, Regon coming into that car, uh, and Jules Gounon, who's raced with a, a few Ferraris before. Uh, how how quickly do you reckon he'll be able to settle in that car for the Daytona race? Chris, first.
2: I mean, good and we should he has success in quite a lot of cars. I mean, he won. I believe he once again uh, won the ADAC GT Masters mm. champion in a Corvette GT three. I believe he might have. I don't know if he won a race with Bentley, but he had some good results he, with he, Bentley.
0: He won the 12 hour um, with Bentley, the uh, Bathurst. He drove that, that drove that last right. stint, actually. So, so he
2: a major 12 hour Bathurst win with Bentley, a major GT championship with Corvette. The guy, he, anything he drives, he pretty much comes off with a major result.
0: Now, is Daytona going to be that one for Ferrari? We'll just have to wait and see. Mm, that would be a, a great boon for him uh, to pick that one up, um, especially with uh, this team. Uh, we'll jump over to what has been one of the most interesting parts of the GTLM class, uh, the the WeatherTech racing effort for Porsche. And this is, if you're familiar with IMSA championship, this is... Cooper McNeil and the McNeil family throwing money at IMSA uh, in order to give them a car and uh, some good results. Uh, so, uh, uh, Cooper McNeil, uh, Silver Raider driver jumping into the GTE uh, GT Le Mans class. Uh, I will straight off the bat say I hate how good the car looks. I want to dislike this car just on principle, but the car looks awesome. And I think it was uh, Groom Brother one who commented in the reveal thread that it looked... Like a cross between Oh, I'm gonna have to find this comment and and tell you about it. Please hold. Anyway, um the, the car looks beautiful and brilliant and interesting driver lineup uh for the full season particularly, but we'll talk about it uh for the moment here. Uh it's got Cooper McNeil, of course, uh as well as Jimmy Bruni, Rickard Leitz, and Kevin Est. So Porsche pulling out all the stops, uh even though they don't have a factory team anymore.
1: Yeah, so I, I was I was saying the core stuff earlier so clearly i'm mistaken because here's a majority of them yeah and then uh and then yeah nick went uh went jump ship so no i yeah it's this will be an interesting lineup I, if it wasn't for cooper so <laughs> it's just gonna be how what's his pace gonna be in a gte car and i mean it it was okay and gtds but again he's he's gonna be pegged against pros and hmm. i it's gonna be tough so how much of the stint, you know, like what he has to do, what's his minimums, four? Is I think in
0: if this was an ACO competition, it would be four. However, I'm not sure on the IMSA rules. I think they put it up to two after, was it Ed Brown won both yeah. Rolex and Sebring doing one lap in each.
1: Yeah, that was right. That was right. So, yeah, because they did do that. Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, if they can, if he can get his stuff out of the way early and not get too far behind, then they definitely have a shot, but it's, you know, I feel like Cooper's going to be driving more than they, than they're going to be able to maintain in terms of the other guys, unless they get some favorable safety cars and, uh, full course shells.
0: And, and we know that at Rolex, well, sorry, in IMSA competition, that is a, a massive difference from, uh, what we see in the ACO regulations with the wave around and the extended pit sequence and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Chris, this car is going to have a basically revolving door of Porsche factory drivers throughout the season supporting McNeil. Do you do you think that might uh, impact the sort of continuity in the car? Uh, do you think that might uh, change the uh, you know sort of unsettle the, the the car throughout the season having all those different drivers through it? It's it's there sort of
2: like a like a sitcom with like a special guest each week. It's like <laughs> um... that's a great way to do it. <laughs> But um, I think this is actually a Proton car, so let's not forget about that. It's still decent equipment. It's just the only factor that we have to worry about is Cooper McNeil. Um, But I think with the other three Porsche factory drivers, um, because we've seen Cooper McNeil uh, win races in IMSA before, I believe. One or two of them, and he had decent lineups. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I believe the first session of the Roar happened today. We can get some timing up on that um, if Cooper McNeil drove the car, see if we can find that out. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, with a huge classic like GT Le Mans um, with pretty much all pro drivers in the, in the cars that he's facing,
0: it, it's going to be a tough ask, but it, I think it's doable. And for me, the thing I'm most happy about is the opportunity to hear that absolutely roaring flat six pierce everyone's eardrums as it powers around the banking of Daytona once again. That's gonna be the best. And it, like it looks beautiful. Uh I, I did end up finding that comment. Uh Grim Brother 1 said it gives me late 90s Orica vibes with a dash of the Mobile One GT1 car. And mm. oh boy, he nailed it in one. I just posted it in the chat, and it is a gorgeous looking machine, and I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Moving on to the BMW, the last pair of cars in this class. We're going to whiz through this as quickly as we can because we're already running behind. Uh, big M8's last hurrah, perhaps. Uh, 24, John Edwards, Jesse Crone, Augusto Farfus, and Marco Wittmann. 25, D. Felipe Eng, uh, Brunox Bangler, and from the heavens, Timo Glock. Is that Glock? Is that Glock? Yes, indeed, is it Glock. is. Uh, so there's it's, it's all the regular BMW drivers and also Timo Glock, which is kind of terrifying. DTM. oh yeah fair yeah. enough sorry that's like one series i don't follow prepares for downvotes. <laughs> yeah well that uh yeah and it's it's just going through an entire thing so they uh that's
1: where he's coming from um but yeah i mean it's uh I, i'm curious to see where bmw goes with this i feel like because of where i think even corvette have kind of were saying that they're looking at lmdh and or gtd that a lot of this for the for their new car will be focused on GTD until maybe there's a solution or they do something to make that platform pro mm. uh, in a certain way. So I, I I do feel that maybe they just they keep the car going until then. Or yeah, they they would stop. I just I, I don't know. They just seem like they have enough. There's still enough interest from BMW, and it's weird to say because I feel like five years, five six seven years ago we would be like BMWs like the cowards. Damn it, they backed out. But this one is where. I don't know. They just, I feel like they have a lot of weird investment into this. They, they bought in hard with the, um, the online racing and stuff during COVID, you know, they've, they've obviously had some success with this, this car, um, at Daytona and they, they know how to win with it. So it's just, and for, they're going to, they're having a new platform for GT3. So it seems like they want to stay endurance racing, prototype racing. So I guess the thing is like, I, I feel like, yeah, we will see this might be the one song, but I, I still feel like BMW is still going to want to try to compete in a pro level here and whatever they're going to do next. Yeah, form, it's, even though they don't have a GTE car coming up.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird mixed bag because you know they they went hard in with IMSA and with WEC for that like one season, then bailed out of WEC and IMSA's been reduced to a endurance racing only uh, sort of deal. It, it's kind of like are they are they committing or are they not committing? They're just kind of sitting on the fence at the at the moment. Yeah, Johannes just summed it up perfectly. We really do, but we really don't as well. That kind of sums up the whole. BMW program with the GTE. Um, for me, uh, the biggest loss from this program has been uh, Chaz Mostert, who won last year in in uh, the the M Eight. Uh, of course, he his ties with the BMW factory have uh, come to an end during last year's uh, extended closure. Uh, but you can't really say that there is any surprises in any of those cars. It is just kind of the BMWs. There they are. They just they're just kind yeah. of there. Uh, at least that's what yeah. I think about it, Chris. What are your if, thoughts? If the car has oh, sorry, pace, we... they're
1: gonna they're gonna do well. Yeah. If the car has pace, they'll do well. But it, it doesn't seem like it's one of those where like a driver is gonna out you know is gonna overdrive the car and and make it perform better. It just seems like if the BMWs are catching you, they're gonna catch you and pass you and start leaving you. Like it just it's either they they have it or they don't, mm. and it's it's interesting.
0: Yeah, Chris. What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I think um, the BMWs are just gonna. Fight closely, I'm going to say it's going to be going to be between BMW versus Corvette, um, because BMW has won last year, and Corvette, obviously, last year's IMSA champions. Um, Ferrari, obviously, only racing one or two races in a year. The BOP might not be too favorable for them. And then the Porsche is Cooper McNeil, so the other two, <laughs> Ferrari and Porsche, have a bit of handicaps there. While BMW and Corvette, um, I think the BOP is going to be more in their favor. Um, but I do think ultimately, I think the BMW has the, st- I'm going to say, it, I'm going to say it. BMW has the stronger lineup. Ooh. Um, ooh. I think that I'm going to I think, I think that, I think the 25, I, I'm really eyeing up that car. I think the 25 might take it.
0: Ooh, that is a yeah, big, gonna go cool. too. what I'm going to yeah. go number four. I reckon Milner, Tandy and Sims is, is a better car and in a more proven platform in a factory supported outfit but okay you guys can do whatever it's a better car
1: but the bmw is just a it's a big mate so it just <laughs> seems like it's a faster platform in general like they won uh corvette won the the short race but the bmw i think they won that off of like a like a fuel strategy yeah, and BM- or like it was
0: it bmw was, uh... won last year on a fuel strategy and they won the year before with farfus doing an absolute inc- pardon me incredible drive in in the pissing down conditions as well no i meant uh corvette the short race uh the first At...
1: race back from imsa i think yeah, Corvette yeah. won that one but, you know, the, it... but B, uh, bmw was way better and it just was corvette winning it off of a uh you know oh, like oh, okay. pit strategy that won it so that's what i'm saying i feel like yeah. they just for some reason just have have a good pace there and i feel like that's what counts obviously like talk to Cadillac about that so yeah fair enough uh
0: Okay, yeah, that's, that's GT Le Mans. We'll see exactly, Cookie. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'll just quickly mention uh, the results of the first session. Uh, it was actually the Reezy car uh, that was the fastest at the hands of James Collado. Uh, and then it was Corvette and then BMW. So uh, a, a bit of a mixed bag there for the group. Uh, and it was the Porsche who was the slowest of the GTLM LM cars, uh, who made it out because one of the Corvettes didn't. Uh, so we'll, we'll see more over this weekend uh, as the times come in, but that's where it stands at the moment. Let's push on. We have three classes still to get through, and th- the first one for me is uh, surprising because it's an actual class now. LMP2 has a- an actual number of entries. Uh, Ten cars. This is the most subscribed LMP2 has been in IMSA Composition since friggin the 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 2017 uh, regulations where they actually had a decent amount of cars that could challenge for overall wins. It's kind of surprising and I love it. Uh, 10 entries across local and international teams. So we've got a few of our favorite teams from the ELMS and the WEC. Uh, IMSA regulars include uh, Tower Starworks at the hands of uh, John Ferrano et al. Uh, PR1 Matthiessen, uh, Dragon Speed coming in with two cars, ERA Motorsports jumping in with... Uh, their uh, effort um which is dwight merriman i think that's one of the teams from last year and then uh two new teams for imsa uh win autosports what a name uh and rickware racing partnering w- with eurasia uh taking them over from the asian le mans series to jump in and then uh two cars or three cars from the elms or the wc high class racing racing team Netherlands, and settler uh settler racing or settler motorsport one of the... Settler something. I'm such a great presenter, aren't I? Uh, uh Settler Racing. So the only Delora on the grid there as well. And guys, it's it's actually a real class. It's it's not just... It's not just... There. It, it's... There's something to fight for in this class now.
1: I mean, fight for second. Like, Oof. that... That 29 car is terrifying. <laughs> uh, That... Yeah. That yeah. That is definitely an accurate statement. Oh my god. <laughs> like... That's a uh, that's yeah, that's like the normal lineup that would pretty much win them a WC title. So.
0: Yeah, so so for those playing along at home, twenty nine is the racing team Neddle and Car, and I guess we'll start there because you've already mentioned it. Uh, uh, Fritz van Erd as the the bronze in that car, when we all know uh, Fritz from his exploits in WC. Uh, Silver Charles Molesi, who I think was one of the most under underrated drives of Le Mans last year in the graph car, a nineteen year old, um from I think German Formula Three. Uh and then the two terrifyingly big names, Job van Oytert and Guido Vandergaard Holy yeah. <laughs> moly. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Yeah.
1: Moly. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're my they would be my immediate favourites for this. I mean uh yeah. <laughs> I mean it's gonna be a it's gonna be fun. But like that is that is such a huge that's such a huge lineup. So yeah. I'm just I'm I'm just happy that this is in LMP two for some reason, racing at Rolex. Like I don't I don't quite understand why this <laughs> this powerful of a lineup is sitting racing in the Rolex LMP two category, but it makes sense. And I again this is what IMSA was trying to do. They wanted to get these guys that that show up to just dominate races like marquee races they showed up to this one so let's see if they do it so yeah,
0: absolutely that's good that's
1: an awesome international talent like in terms of just from like outside of IMSA perspective to compete. Like that's gonna be really cool.
0: Yeah. And, and just to to close off a loop here, uh, driver regulations for this class must include one bronze and one silver. So you have freedom outside of that. And boy when you add well, I mean unless he's, not a, unless he's a fake silver, he's just he's not a silver driver. He's another friggin' Mikkel Jensen type, he's or Job van type. He's a he's a he's a liar, he's a phony. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big phony.
0: Yeah, so that car that car is going to be terrifying. Let's talk about the other cars coming in from international uh lines. So high class racing jumping in uh with Anders Fjord back as we would have expected, Dennis Anderson in that car as well, and then uh, I did see the TBD has been updated with uh Ferdinand Habsburg and Robert Kubica driving in that car for high class racing. Uh his first drive in a prototype, I think, for a little while. That's a pretty pretty decent car to come across the pond as well. Chris, you're awfully quiet. Uh, what are your opinions on the two cars we've heard so far? the twenty nine, I'm
2: gonna say it's stacked. Um yeah. in the uh Stacks, there high is. class racing car. And uh, high class racing. Um interesting because they 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 did do some good stints in the European Le Mans series. I remember them doing sort of well. Um it's, Having Ferdinand Habs Habsburg definitely helps and Robert Kubitza. Interesting to see what he can do in the prototype. I don't know if he actually raced prototypes before. I can't remember any instances off the top of my head. This might be his first time in a prototype, but I might be wrong. Yeah, neither but, do I. So but he, one thing's for sure, L M P two, it's actually interesting it is, it. It is actually interesting.
0: it is actually <laughs> interesting. Woo. That's a great point. <laughs> Woo. I, I, okay, well, let's let's I, I, let's go for a more general look because there's just some, a, a, an absolute glut of drivers we need to talk about here. So Gabriel Aubrey's in this class. He's in the number eight tower motorsports uh, alongside uh, Matteo Vaxavier, So that's John Ferrano, Vaxavier, Tim Bure, and Gabriel Aubrey. That's a terrifying driver lineup uh, as long as the car doesn't light on fire like it did at the bend uh, a good year ago now. Um, Paul loup Chatin is in this class alongside Ryan DL, Kyle Tilly, and Dwight Merriman. That's the ERA Motorsport car very good looking car actually they've uh been uh, they they had a what was it a six-year-old design delivery for that car and they've actually done quite a, a good adaptation uh, of of the uh, crayon uh, sort of look that uh was submitted so I quite like how far they've gone to uh get that car together that's of course um a car uh, that uh was run as the IDEC car uh, over at Le Mans so that's that's a pretty uh pretty good return for them after all their problems at Le Mans. Uh, so that that's very, very cool. But like you got, uh, okay, I want to jump around a bit here because I want to talk about the number 52 car. Yeah. PO on and Mathi- uh, Motorsports. So this is Ben Keating in a prototype uh, uh, alongside Scott uh, Huffaker, who I have no idea. Chris, Scott Hufaker, any ideas? Mm, don't think so. Wow. Wow. Chris, what happened to you? Used to be so obscure. Um, I have a job. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see if uh, Ryan Kish has anything to say. Twenty-year-old uh, American, raced in Pacific F2000 uh, and uh, P1 mathison LMP3 driver uh, in the Prototype Challenge Series last year. So there you go. There's a little bit on Scott. Uh, now let's have a look at these two other drivers in this car. In this car. Mikkel Jensen, who, as we've mentioned, is a fake silver, and yikes. Nicola Lapierre. Yikes. Big yikes. That's, that's terrifying. <laughs> so 52 gets pole, but then
1: 29 wins.
0: Is that what you're is saying? That,
1: is, that, is that what we're saying?
0: I, I'm not saying that. I reckon... I think we could... should
1: collectively say that. I feel like that's, I feel like that's what's going to happen, so I feel like we should just collectively
0: all agree to that right now. Right? No, nah, I, I... Oh, okay. Guido Vandergaard, though, how is he not taking pole? Because Lapierre. Oh, I mean that's a very good point, but also yeah, ah, oh, it's such
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. The man is a polemeister. He's like he, the he just he, the only thing he knows how to do is like qualify first. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. I but I've I've bought into it. You know, you like, bought into
0: it. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll let you I'm buy invested. It. Uh, just quickly on the number fifty two car, awesome mm-hmm. looking livery uh, with the winds uh, purple mm-hmm. and orange. That's like that's really really cool. That's, that's all I had to say on that. That, that driver lineup is insane. Like For, for those who... who uh, I reckon Ben Keating might be top three bronze drivers of all time in the world at the moment. Um, Mikkel Jensen, for those who didn't watch uh, Le Mans or the ELMS or WC last year, in the G-Drive car, acted more professional than the professionals in that car. Uh, I remember... We somehow managed to get his uh, the G-Drive's radio communication through FP1 at Le Mans last year. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but that was what was being broadcast on one of the onboard streams. And the way that he talked about the car and the traffic and the feedback he was giving to engineers was just out of this world. It was fascinating to listen to, and he has the pace to match up with... All of the the data that he's giving back. So the fact that he's a silver is a lie. Basically, he's definitely not a silver. It's just it's just incredible. So keep your eyes on Mikkel Jensen and on Charles Mollesi for that matter. Uh, and there will be two drivers with incredible uh, incredible careers to come. Uh, anyone else that sticks out as a as a contender? Uh, really? I mean, I mean uh... go ahead, Chris.
2: I mean, I mean take a look at the 82 it may not be a good i mean fabian schiller christopher meese devlin de francesco and and the only probably the weak link in that car is eric lux the bronze who probably brings the money to the team but i believe devlin DeFrancesco was supposed to race over in formula three last year but he couldn't do it uh because of covid i believe he was on the road to indy ladder then Christopher Mees, well, he doesn't need any explanation. Mm-hmm. Then they have Fabian Schiller, um, who's been racing with the uh, ACO prototypes for a while now. Uh,
0: and also uh, with uh, Mercedes-AMG. He's a factory driver that's raced at uh, Spa and Nürburgring. That's right. Yeah. So he's definitely got quality. I'm trying to look at uh, Francesco. Um Yeah, he was on the Indy Lights track. So it's good. You haven't completely lost your obscure motorsport knowledge, Chris. It's good to see <laughs>
1: <laughs> 51's an interesting entry as well, if we're just looking at the list here too, it's a Ligier, so at least we got a different chassis there. Uh, the Eurasia entry. So it has Matthew Jaminet, Austin Dillon, NASCAR driver, uh, Sully Yuluk? U- I don't know. Sully Yuluk. Do I know him? Yes, you do know Sally him. Yolek. He is the TF okay.
0: Sport uh, bronze driver that has been uh, the first Turkish driver to right. race at Le Mans and the first Tur- Turkish driver to win a class at Le Mans.
1: Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, so he actually is a pretty decent, I would say, bronze. Yep. And Cody Ware, who I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know him, but like he's just that's Cody Ware. Uh, question It's the Wares. NASCAR
2: so. Cup Series backmarker and I, I also Asian the Moss Series. Probably, I think champion. He was a champion. Yeah, that? that was
0: champion. Yep. <laughs> and um, because everyone I, else burned down. So that that car could and, definitely podium.
2: And there's rumors that he might do IndyCar this year.
0: Oh, that must be terrifying.
2: Um, oh, wow, okay.
0: We have Johan in the chat saying that you're, the Rick Weir Eurasia lineup is incredibly random. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's all over the place. Uh, like, Matteo Jaminé in that car as well, as in Porsche Young driver Matteo Jaminé. Like, what the... what What? It is yeah. just all yeah. over the place. Um... Good note there to that we've got a Ligier on the field as well. Uh, so that's really, really cool. Um, we've also got a Delara I mentioned Settler Racing. So that is the swan song for the Dallara. They After this race, we'll be retiring that chassis and moving into GTM uh, in a Ferrari uh, in the WEC. So this is quite possibly the last race we'll see a uh, LMP2 Dolara for this regulation cycle, which is a little sad because I think the Delara is the most aesthetically pleasing of all the the LMP2 chassis, and obviously no one else feels strongly about it because no one else is saying anything.
1: It's still it's still LMP Reka uh, for LMP2, yeah. but uh, it's good to see uh, Setalar with their Delara, their trusty Delara. I, I just I feel like we should just give them like. Like I wish they could earn a win, a, de- a well deserved win, because they just keep parading the ACO's LMP2 uh, class to not die, you know, the painful areka death that it's supposed to. <laughs> they just won't retire that car, and it's awesome, and I love that. Mm. So, uh, and also, it hey, I mean, it ties a little bit into the uh, iRacing 24 too with their uh, with their Dillara chassis being the one in the uh, in the uh, in the game. So yeah, there you go. I didn't know but, that. Uh, yeah. It's uh yeah, it actually came out a few months ago. So There you go. Yeah. LMP twos are insane. We uh we dive bomb <laughs> too much.
0: But uh no,
1: it's it's good to see the just to see three uh three chassis in here again and um you know, at least hey, look, I mean it's not what the ACO wanted, but hey, they're they're surviving pretty much all the way to their end life uh with uh um you know, with these set of regs. So yeah. cheers to that.
0: And and this is uh just as an aside, the debut for the the Delara uh, LMP two seventeen. That is not a Cadillac at Le Mans, oh, at Daytona. Sorry. Uh, we haven't mentioned uh Win Autosport. Uh, new team uh, put together by uh, I think it's Stephen Thomas. Uh, is if I remember correctly. Um, that is where the Mazda refugee uh uh Nunez uh Tristan Nunez has ended up. Uh, a bit of a weird one there. Uh, so. Uh, Stephen Thomas racing IMSA Prototype Challenge, uh, and he's yeah brought with him Tristan Nunez, uh, Thomas Merrill, who I have no idea about, and uh, Matt Bell, and I think that is uh, yeah that's the 2020 Prototype Challenge champion. So that's uh, that's a pretty interesting pickup for that that team.
2: And Thomas Merrill uh, raced uh, the
0: Trans Am Two class. Okay, so. Let's not expect too much from them. Then, <laughs> I mean, like it's cool that they've got Matt Bell and Tristan Nunez, but like if you're running, if you're running two bronzes in this in this class, you're not going to get anywhere. I, I think is pretty clear to say. Would that be a, a fair statement?
2: Actually, Thomas Merrill raced in the 2010 24 Hours of Daytona in a BMW M6.
0: Oh God, that's that's a long time ago. Any hope for this team though? Mm, doubt. Press X to doubt? Okay. Yeah. We'll <laughs> We'll just move straight on. Uh I think uh, the only cars we haven't uh, touched on yet are uh, the we mentioned the ERA Motorsport car uh, that has uh, Kyle Tilley and Dwight Merriman as the Amps. They're coming on from last season. I think ERA Motorsport were racing last season in LMP2, so at least they have familiarity with the car. On in in America, they've got Dale uh, Ryan, DL, and Paul Loop Chatin. I think Chatin's a good pickup for them, but I'm not really expecting too much from them in this field and the the second of the dragon speed cars as well uh rob hodes uh and garrett grist uh, again imsa drivers from last year and they've got um Runus vk who is a dutch driver who i've never heard of before who was gold rated somehow and then ben hanley in that car so who is this uh this uh, vk guy any ideas Runus vk uh, he came up the Road to Indy Ladder pretty quick.
2: Quick, uh, I don't know if he won the Indy Lights Championship or not, but he also did a full season of the Formula 3 Asian Championship. And he might have won the championship in that. Um, but Vrenius VK, very, very accomplished driver, at least in the Road to Indy Ladder program. He's definitely, no, he's, de- he's definitely a good pickup.
0: There we go. So uh, it's it's cool to see these guys coming up through the, the sports car, with well, the road to Indy ladder and the sports car ladder into this race. So guys, 10 cars uh, in this class. Give me a top three. We'll go Cookie first, seeing as you seem to have very strong opinions.
1: 29 and then 52. I'll go then.
0: Uh, it, it gets a bit muddy feel- after that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, just the 47 seems cool. 81 is with Dragon Speed. They've got a bunch of history with that. I'll throw
0: it to 47. 47? So that's the Settler Racing? 47
1: yeah so i'll do twenty nine, fifty two, forty seven.
0: so that's uh racing team netherland the pr1 Mathiasen motorsports car and then settler racing interesting on the settler racing is that a pick more in hope than in in it's a little,
1: it's a little hope yeah. but also just because like you know they're uh I, it's a solid team that has done this before and it's it's just a new place i feel like the way that they can do that too is, you know and they have a different chassis so it's there could be that aspect of it where it's a little bit uh you know, that gives them a slight advantage, at least to, for pace-wise, that they might not have had to get a podium. So Fair enough. There you go.
0: What about you, Chris? What are your thoughts? Give us the top three. 29, 52, 82. So you've gone again Racing Team Nederland and P1 Mathyson, And then the second of the Dragon Dragon Speed cars, Schiller, Mies, uh, Francesco, and Lux. hmm Yeah, I I can see that. It, it's interesting to me that Schiller and Mies are from two competing uh GT three brands in Mercedes and Audi and then are combining in a prototype together. I think for the first time as well, for, for pardon me, for each of them. So that'll be an interesting one to to keep an eye on. Uh for me, I'm also gonna go twenty nine and fifty two. There's a bit of a theme here. Um I want to say the fifty one. I want that Rick Ware racing Eurasia car to do well because it's just all over the place, but I think being an Elysier is going to be their downfall. So I'm actually going to go. Uh, the Tower Events uh, Starworks car. Uh, Ferrano, Timbri, Gabriel Aubrey, and Matteo Vaxavier, I reckon the number eight is going to be one to keep an eye on for those lower places. If it doesn't light on fire, um, <laughs> uh, the irony of that happening at the bend with uh, that was such a such a sad sight to see. But yeah, LMP2, 10 cars, like there might actually be some coverage of this class for a change. Yeah, I mean, yeah that,
2: <laughs> I, I mean, that was at Daytona last year and they're like, I think what there's like four or five of them and like uh, like uh, every every often, like once in a while, you'll see an LMP2 is like, oh yeah, they're in this race,
0: I forgot. <laughs> and and Johan makes a great point in chat. Uh, it's the second largest class for this race. Second largest class. That's something we haven't said for a long time. Let's move on to a new class for uh, the IMSA Championship in 2021. The LMP3 class. We've already made mention that this is the first time that they're going to be properly tested over 24 hours. Uh, Driver rating rules means that there's no Platinums allowed in this class. And you're only allowed one gold driver for endurance round. So it's going to be a very bronze heavy Oh, sorry. Very AM heavy class. Uh, we have a seven-car entry, which is a little bit under what I would have, you know, what you would have liked. And I think the driver ratings have played into that a little bit. Um, we're we're not going to go explicitly into detail with every single uh, driver lineup here because there's a lot of. Really, really weird drivers. Um, there's also a young driver class, so there's uh, if you're looking at the entry list, there's uh, car uh, driver names with under 30 next to them, so that's that's another thing to keep an eye on as well. Um, but let's let's talk more broadly. LMP3. So we've seen LMP3, the new LMP3 in both the ELMs last season and uh, the Road to Le Mans. Uh, and I'm not sure did they get them in Prototype Challenge last year as well. They weren't okay. So this no. is the debut of the new LMP3 cars in America as well. This is going to be the biggest challenge. Uh, been... Not
2: technically.
0: Oh my. Yeah. Okay. So they one of them did a Thunder Thunderhill. That doesn't count. Thunderhill oh. is not a real. No, race. no. 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 No.
2: No. The IMSA Prototype Challenge support race on the Saturday be- uh, before the qualifying race that will have the new LMP3s oh. as well.
0: Oh my god.
2: <laughs>
1: You're technically
0: wrong. Oh, that hasn't even happened wrong. yet. At the, the time of recording, kind of that hasn't even happened. Damn it, Chris. So wrong. I mean, you're right, but just... God damn it. <laughs> you played me. <laughs> you absolutely played me. Um, <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. God damn it. Uh, where <laughs> was I going? Um, yeah, biggest test for the new P3 cars uh, since they've arrived. Will we see them make it to the end? Yeah,
1: they'll, they'll make it to the end. I feel like there will be some, some, definitely some reliability issues, and uh, they'll just, you know send it into barriers at will. Uh, but I definitely think that we'll see, we'll see somebody finish. I mean, they might be not, not at ultimate pace for what they should be, but I mean, they're probably going to be, you know, right around GTD pace, I would assume at the end of the race. So we'll find out. Well, I guess <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's going to be wild.
2: Well, I guess roar times over, over today, as the, as we we're recording this, the L, the LMP threes and the GT LeMonts are all mixed together, and the, the slowest AMs for LMP three are mixed in with the GTDs. Uh, that's gonna be fun. And also, we also uh, there's also the eight minute stop bar no, yeah. stop that the LMP threes have to make for. I believe they do like have to have like, a break change, um, so that'll help shuffle them down the order a bit.
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit of a weird one because we've seen in. Uh... Road to Le Mans competition or the Michelin Le Mans Cup competition. That uh, the the real advantage of the LMP3 cars is their downforce. So on tracks that are curvy and you know uh, downforce heavy, they tend to rise above the GT cars. But when you put them at like a Monza or at a Spa Francorchamps, they they really struggle to outpace GT3 cars and. Uh with with the heavy AM driver component in these cars, uh and with the banking and the fact that it's Daytona, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see this car these cars on the whole finish behind the GTD field.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think that's where we're gonna be in just from you know, even if they're having to nurse some of this stuff, too, uh, because it is the first time that they're trying to run this these things 24 hours, they're, they might just have a slower pace, even with the uh, the Golds uh, that are driving it. So, hmm.
0: um, we'll see. Absolutely right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the cars. We have uh, five Ligiers and two Duquesnes. Now, I'm... Not sure if this is the case, but remember the Duquesnes had a, a penalty applied to all of the cars that were sold uh, because they did not uh, reach the homologation point in time. Um, so all those cars got a weight penalty. Has that expired now? Has that weight penalty expired for the Duquesnes because it's been a season? Does anyone know? Anyone in the chat? Because that... Uh- because uh, uh, however many kilos it is 10 kilos 15 kilos uh it's it is definitely a not a non-zero amount um yeah as as Ollie has argued in the past it might be uh the difference between uh two drivers weights uh depending on whether it's an am or a pro but uh, yeah it's 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 definitely non-zero and we don't have any confirmation from the chat so yeah, uh, it would be interesting if, if we get an answer on that. Uh, Otherwise, we...
1: it would line up, but we don't. I don't think. A, I don't think any statements been made on mm. it.
0: Yeah, so don't know about that, but uh, still, only the two chassis uh, that have broken cover at the moment. Or we do. Uh, we will see. I think a Janetta for the Asian Le Mans series. So uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, but let's let's talk about some of these drivers. I'm gonna pick out the ones that I. Uh, see. Oh, actually, no. Uh, before we do that, I want to just say I am very, very excited about this class for one reason, and that one reason is the return of Colorado Sports, baby. They're back, John, uh, John Bennett, Colin Brown. They're back. I love it. Fifty-four. I love it.
1: I, yeah, and that's my, that's my pick to to win the class too. So.
0: Oh, nice. That's awesome. Uh, it's 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 good to see them back after they almost won the overall championship in a p2 car what three years ago against full pro lineups (laughs) yeah uh
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i think there might be again like if we look at some of these drivers at least just from if you can recognize two of them in a lineup then you you know you might have some there might be some success here Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, I think between, it's between the 54 and 74 for me. Yep. Between those two cars.
0: We'll talk about those two cars real quickly because I reckon they are quite clearly the favorites or maybe not quite clearly the favorites, but clearly up there. So the 54, uh, if you remember Core Autosport back from the LMP2 days, you'll remember this lineup, uh, of Jonathan Bennett and Colin Brown. Uh, they've also got Matt McMurray in that car as well, who I'm pretty sure has done some Prototype Challenge racing or some other uh, car uh, racing enough that I recognize the name to an extent, um, and also uh, finishing off that driver lineup is George Kurtz, uh, Kurtz who I've never heard of before. Uh, Chris, any idea who um, George Kurtz is?
2: Uh, he is if you if you see the sponsor name CrowdStrike, that's uh, that's basically George Kurtz's thing. He's the one that's bringing the CrowdStrike money into the car, bringing the sponsorship. He also raced in GT World Challenge America in the Pro-Am class with the Mercedes and also competed in several uh, Thunder Hill 25 hours. Nice. With that... with the
0: Radicals. With the Radicals? Oh, that's cool. I, those Radicals are really, really cool cars, actually. Um, and then the, the, the other car that I... I... Can immediately pick out some very very good amateur names. Is the seventy four, as Cookie said, uh, Gar Robinson, uh, Spencer Piggott in that car, and then Oliver Askew and Scott Andrews. Any idea on those, uh, Chris? Uh
2: yeah, Gar Robinson, Trans Am driver, not new to LMP threes. He raced LMP threes in something called FARA, which is basically like a series that's held at the Homestead Miami Speedway road course. Um, also, uh, Oliver Askew is a IndyCar driver. I he was an IndyCar driver last year for McLaren, uh, huh. Schmidt Peterson Motorsports. Um, I don't think he has that ride this year, but um, but basically, kind of Indy car guy. Yep. And then you have spent, then the, Scott Andrews. I want to say he's he's a oh he's an
0: Australian. What? I didn't. Uh, who? Scott Andrews? Are you racing the Agent 1 he- series? There you go. Oh yeah, there you go. Huh. I did not really Why what? what is an Australian uh, anyway. Anyway, um so that's a car a car to keep an eye on as well. Uh, now I want to talk about the the number 90 car, uh, the second of the rally motorsport cars because that has uh, Dylan Murray and Jim Cox as uh, two of the the lower rated drivers, so the two guys I don't really know about. But in that car as well it has um LMP uh, Prototype Challenge champion, I think, uh, for 2019, uh, Austin McCusker, uh, who raced with uh, Inter Europol uh, in the LMP3 car for the Asian Le Mans series, had a great chat with him at the bend. And also Jerome Blakemolin in an LMP3 car. What? What? That should be illegal.
2: And keep in mind that, uh, going back to 74 real quick, Felipe Fraga was supposed to be driving in that car, but I think it was either... Spencer Piggott or Oliver Askew that replaced him because uh, Fraga couldn't travel because of COVID nineteen concerns. Yeah. Um, So, but still, not too bad replacements. It's Jim uh, Jerome Blake Mullen, obviously big shout. That's the pro driver Austin McCusker, last year's uh, prototype challenge championship contender, I believe. Yeah. Jim Cox, judging by the bronze symbol, is going to be the amp for that. Then Dylan Murray which I would assume is probably, once again, a prototype challenge driver from last season. I'll try to get confirmation on that.
0: Um, apparently, he started out in the NASCAR ladder, did uh, Dylan Murray, uh, before switching over. So uh, Oh! Yeah. So, I- interesting, interesting set of drivers in the number 91 car. I, okay, I, I'm just going to skip over a lot of these other drivers, because I just have absolutely no idea. But I want to talk about the, a few of the big names that have snuck their way in. So... Uh, Gabby Chavez is in the number seven forty-seven motorsports car. He's driving alongside uh, Mark Vam, which I, we have seen in IMSA before. Um, In the 33, in, the, the Sean Creech motorsport. And uh,
2: number 7, if I can add something uh, go ahead. real quick. In the 7, uh, Ryan Norman, uh, Indy Lights driver. Nice. Um, that was generally kind of underfunded, but has won a race or two, so he's not too bad either.
0: Cool, that'll be a nice one. That's in the Duquesne, of course. Uh, the number 33 car has Yao Barbosa, uh somehow Barbosa has found an LMP3 drive that's just ridiculous um the 38 car performance tech they've basically dropped down from uh P2 last season so you would recognize the name Cameron Cassells and then literally no one else in that car so there are a, a Thank few big ro- drivers hold on
2: Raz, Rasmid, Rasmus Lind I believe raced either British F3 <sighs> last year he raced some form of single seaters last year um or he might have did f3 americas but he did some um f3 last year i want to say and then you had uh i want to say Ayrton ori did some formula Four usa um so it's kind of like a an open wheel crossover
0: sort of thing for that car as i said no one who wouldn't uh, no one no one normal would know those names sorry chris <laughs> No, no one who a no- formal uh, follows a normal amount of motorsport would understand those names. But that's why we have Chris here to shed light on these things. Uh, is there any other names besides those ones that I've picked out that really jump out to either of you, uh, Cookie or Chris, uh, as as names to keep an eye on? Um, uh, like you know for for me who someone someone who doesn't watch the uh, american sports car ladder or indy lights ladder or whatever ladder uh, i i'm only really recognizing the names i've seen before in in p2 or in other competitions not not anyone uh, from the lower ranks so is there anyone that you can pick out that to to give a little bit of interest in, to uh, the seventy four is like I
1: said. I I feel like I I like the fifty four just from like they have been in this position like LMPC, LMP two. Like they've done this so much, mm. and like that is such a comfortable lineup for mo- almost all of them there. Um, and even George Kurtz too. Um, so I feel like that's that's I would I'll pick him. But yeah. the seventy four has got Spencer Piggott, um, who obviously sports car and Indy car, and Oliver Askew, who was Indy Lights. Uh, I believe was he champion, and now he is. Racing Indy, uh, for McLaren. Mm. So, uh, they're racing. Uh, so again, two, uh, essentially like two IndyCar. I'll just say caliber race tra- race car drivers on that lineup right there. And Oliver Askew is somehow rated uh, silver. So somehow, uh, yeah, yeah. What about you? Chris? I would say Oliver Askew is probably not on the talent of like you know high up there, but he's still like yeah. he's with McLaren. So yeah.
0: Uh, what about you, Chris? Any other names from the the bronzes or silvers that you can s- sort of pick out?
2: Not necessarily drivers, but what about a team? The the Miller Motorsports America group. Uh, if you heard Miller Motorsports before, uh, you heard them in VLN and the Nurburgring twenty four. Oh. They raced a, the Porsche Caymans in that in that series, and they were coming over to America racing with the LMP three class. Moritz Kranz and Lawrence Hoare, I want to believe, also with that team when they go. Race at the Nordschleife, and if I remember correctly, they probably did some LMP3 stuff in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Yes. Um. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I think that's not. It's not going to be my pick, but it's going to be the one that I actually look forward to look on the live time to see how, just how, how, how much progress they make. Cause should I see some a German team that usually races. In the Nurburgring Endurance series and N24, because that's one of my favorite races. Mm. Uh, compete in some of some of these other races; they're just uh, pretty big around the world.
0: Yeah, that, that's actually a really, really good pick out. I did not uh, recognized that. I did. I did see the name Lawrence Hoare, and that's a name I, I'd recognize. But damn, that's, that's 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 a really good story. And and they did try to bring a second car when the the Black Swan racing car pulled out, but they just couldn't get. The, the drivers and the crew uh together in time to complete that. So, uh are we all decided that the fifty four is gonna win this class? Is that the is that the consensus? No I'd, I'd I think se- 74, 54, uh So seventy four. Seventy four? Okay. I think seventy four yep. Okay, well I'll I- say fifty four
1: just on a smidge, but it's between those two for the class.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um how likely is it that this becomes the return of the prototype challenge class from three or four years ago? Uh, likely very likely <laughs> <laughs>
1: because so, we're not we're not talking about any of the other drivers in here and the other reason why we're talking about the 74 is because they've got two car drivers that are yeah. in there somehow and not one because there's four other drivers and all of them are going to be unknowns so yeah and uh, especially yeah. The,
0: the large amateur <laughs> component as well so the, this is going to be uh what uh what we used to call the prototype challenge class the safety car challenge class or the prototype challenged Class, because uh, you know, getting look at
1: look for Baxter's YouTube channel,
0: yes, absolutely. If you have not seen the video tribute to the prototype challenge class in IMSA, please look up uh, the uh, Baxter's uh, spelt B A K K S T E R. Please look up his uh, amazing tribute to the prototype challenge class. I think that is uh, quite possibly the best. Uh, the best circle jerk content that has ever come out of this community. So fingers crossed we don't have a set of seven rolling safety car uh, causes throughout the race. So we've made it to the last class, GTD. Once again, the largest subscribed class. We are going to try and whiz through this as quickly as possible because we have been going now for 90 minutes. Uh, but 20 cars, uh, how do we feel about the entry numbers in GTD? 20 cars sounds like a lot, but it's not really uh, the most we've seen in in GTD before. There's a lot of interesting names, a lot of uh, familiar names, but it's also a few names that are missing that we'll talk about once we get through. Uh, just on, on, on a feel, on a gut feel, Chris, how, how do you think, what do you think about this class heading into uh, the race?
2: You know what? I'm going to say it. It's good. It's especially good. with the whole pandemic thing going on 20 cars that's it's it's I think that's awesome especially the fact you know the other GT series in the states uh I this G this GT they turn the grid you know more than double the cars yeah um so so very very uh I'd say this is successful well 19 now I believe yes sorry 19 Black Swan racing um still more than GT will jump but you, the fact that you can have a full grid of cars uh well and if if you would have to put this grid on on their own race for like you know maybe like an hour race it would still be a
0: good race so mm. very
2: good class very good class numbers
0: absolutely absolutely that's a that's a great point it's basically its own uh its own full grid that's just tacked onto the IMSA grid. It's kind of terrifying. Uh, Cookie, what about you? What are your thoughts on the 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 twenty or well, the nineteen cars uh, for GT Daytona? It's a pretty impressive lineup, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think um, it it. I don't want to say that it it it, pay, it should be paving the way for how it's done in the future, but this is definitely one where it's working. Mm. And uh, whether that is because that you are involving other manufacturers and other classes, so it's more or less like you know, and the SRO model allows for so many of them to basically be homologated and just kind of be there available for me, these manufacturers to kind of like pick and choose and pluck and, and insert that like, that's the combo. But for, for whatever reason, they're, they're getting a lot of just solid entries. Um, ones that we see not necessarily here, um, at all. And you know, where you're just getting Daytona entries, that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, very, very healthy, and mm. it stayed like that, Um and I think it, it speaks, you know, it, it's it's a positive and negative. It speaks ju- just for the GT3 model working, and it's still working, but it also speaks for the fact that, like, we don't, you know, we are missing that SRO category more or less now, and this is the really representative of, the like, North American GT3 racing, so, like... I'm not going to say it's expected that I should see this much, but I think from where I think of the expectations are for American GT3 racing, like this is a pretty healthy amount to have for their marquee race. It's just hopefully they can try to, you know, not obviously keep them, but, you know, not have dwindling numbers or anything like that. Yeah. But again, like this is a really good sign after kind of introducing this category to, you know, IMSA and all this stuff. In the format, like six years ago.
0: Yeah, so. that's a that's a really good point there. I, I you you hope that these teams have enough staying power to to build a full season out of just this race, if that's what they're hoping to do. Um, so let's crack into it. Uh, we'll, what we'll do is we'll go brand by brand, just to sort of breaking into bite sized chunk chunks. So we'll start with Lamborghini with the number one. Uh, they've got the the Paul Minnell racing car as well as a car. Two cars from GRT Grasser Racing Team, I believe. Yes, there is in fact two. So let's talk about Paul Miller Racing first. Um, Andrea Calderelli is a platinum. Brian Sellers, Corey Lewis, and Madison Snow being downgraded back to silver in IMSA competition, which means he can run in this team. Uh, that's actually a really, really uh, good lineup, and it's great to see Snow back on the uh, on the grid. If if you remember, he actually got upgraded to gold. Not from the FIA uh, standards, but in IMSA specifically. So he actually missed a few seasons because of that rating. And it kind of, uh, we've talked about it before, the, the death knell of a gold rating for a, a well, an, an amateur driver, which Snow is, and hopefully he has a good race. Um, two cars from Grasser, uh, they've got Misha Goikberg, Frank Pereira, Albert Costa, and Tim Zimmerman in the number 19, which is kind of the, uh, I think the more am car in my opinion there and then in the number 111 Rolf and Ikin Mir- Mirko Bortolotti uh Schothorst, and Marco Mapelli which is a, a scary alliance to start off with. Uh guys, Lamborghini's efforts. It's it's good to see it's good to see a, a, a nice little punchy trio from uh the uh, the Raging Bull. Cookie, what are your thoughts? <laughs> dang it. Oh, dang it. I was going I was
1: holding I was t- totally going to wait for Chris to say something. Um no, I I personally think that uh, Lamborghinis in the best spot that they've been in a long time, maybe if ever in GT3 racing. They're just the car seems to be in a good BOP standing, or at least if you know in a BOP setting, they are they are able to keep a stable setup and have that car be balanced neutral. And it seems the drivers like it a lot. Um, so it seems like they've got an actual good balance, and the car seems solid. Mm. So. Just from that standpoint, like they're they're just favorites from how they've performed in the past umpteen years now at uh, at Daytona in the GT3 category. Just from that chassis. So, uh, but then yeah, looking at just the lineups here, it's there's a lot of the word stacked. I could be yeah. using. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll, some of this. we'll we'll get some stacked stuff going later on, Chris. Of the three Lamborghinis, which one do you reckon is the strongest? Mm. Paul Miller Racing or the uh, one of the Grasser entries? Um it's a tough call. I
2: mean, obviously it's, as you said, it's between the one, one, one or the one. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm going to roll the dice and going to say, it's going to be a Lamborghini with the one on
0: it. <laughs> nice. I like Yep. It. Uh, uh, something we haven't mentioned, and I, I should mention, uh, regulations mean two silver drivers uh, for these cars, uh, and they've got to do a minimum drive time as well. Can't remember that off the top of my head, but I, I actually think the, the number one, Paul Miller Racing, their return, hopefully they don't get taken out by the Starworks car like they did uh, a few years ago in the bus stop. Uh, I reckon of the Lamborghinis, that's the one I want to pick. Let's jump over to Porsche. Uh, a few a few big stories in Porsche. Uh, Wright White, White Motorsports return, um, Ryan Hardwick, Patrick Long, Klaus Backler, uh, Jan Halen in that uh, that car, the number 16. Pfaff uh, Motorsport return, just faffing around a bit in the played as well. And their driver yeah. lineup is, uh, Zachary Robinson, Lars Kern, Matt Campbell, Lawrence Vantor. What in God's name uh, is going to happen there? That's inc- incredible. Uh, Chris, you're about to jump in yeah. and say something?
2: Yeah, I believe with the one uh, roar session we had today, they topped that session. Um, and obviously, that's I'm gonna say it. That's the silvers of Zachary Robichon, uh, excellent pickup Porsche Cup Canada champion. Uh, me oh. and Jeb obviously just rave about him all the time. He's actually really good, despite of the lack of kind of a grid in Porsche Cup Canada that he's been competing with. But the fact that he can just jump into a GT3. And he, I think he'll stumple, supplement these other three drivers really well.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Robichon uh, is, is the man behind Path Motorsports. He's, the, he's the, the money man in that team. So it's no wonder that he's got some skills behind him. I think he almost uh, won the GTD championship back in 2019 alongside Dennis Olsen in that car as well. Um, and then you, you add Lars Kern, who has the production car record at uh, the Nordschleifer. Matt Campbell, who is one of the best young Porsche drivers in the world, and I'll fight anyone to the death who says otherwise. A- and then Lawrence Vantor, like. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's, that's stacked. I'm going to say that's stacked. Um, there are a few other Porsches as well we should make mention of. Uh, we have already mentioned the Wright Motorsports car. Uh, Team Hardpoint, this one's a new one to the mix um, that has. Uh, Rob Ferriol, uh, Christina Nilsson, Catherine Lake, and Earl Bamber. This is uh, Earl Bamber's project in IMSA. So, Team Hardpoint EBM, Earl Bamber Motorsport. Uh, and also, there's a car, Team TGM, who I've never encountered before. Uh, Ted Giovannis, uh, Owen Trinkler, Hugh Plum, and Matt Plum, all bronzes and silvers. So, I reckon that's going to be one to fill the grid. But let's talk quickly about uh, Hardpoint EBM. That is a driver lineup. That is a very interesting driver lineup, and that is a kind of terrifying driver lineup in the '88. Very sneaky lineup, actually.
2: Yeah, and um, I believe Christina Nielsen and Katherine Lake, I believe, are trying to find full season um, entries here. But definitely, the good news—it's a good. It's been a good weekend and a half for a woman in motorsport because mm. you just have Katherine Like and Christina Nielsen announced for this car, which we could very well see probably up front. And obviously, Simona Di Silvestro racing for a Penske-backed car in the 8500. 500—just um, very good news for that
0: sort of uh, that spot in the sport in general. Um, and that's alongside I, as well two all-female teams in the WEC entry, which have both stepped up from the Europe, uh, European Le Mans Series, which is incredible. Yeah, and and it's also uh,
2: it also has Dale and her Jr.'s number, so uh, it's a confirmed winner. Don't know.
0: Fair enough. Uh, So, just just quickly, uh, how do we rate the chances of the 88? Uh, Leggett Nielsen, of course, have proven. Earl Bamber, like, him racing in his own team is kind of terrifying. Rob Ferriol, not a name I've encountered before. Chris, can you shed some light on that one for me? I believe, um,
2: because Hardpoint raced with the lone Audi last year in IMSA GTD. And we all know that that didn't work too well. I've seen that car off in the grass more times than I can count. It even went off at turn number three at Road America. Happened right in front of me, actually. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, that's going to be the one guy that does uh,
0: hold them back. But, of course, you know, Yep,
2: yeah, but um,
0: we'll have to just wait and see. Uh, So, uh, just again, uh, the Ryan Kish articles uh, saving us a little bit here. Uh, Ferial is the team owner of Hardpoint, of course. We made mention of that. Uh, Raced in GT3 Cup Challenge USA and finished the season in second in 2019 with two wins and an additional 11 podiums. Now, I'm not sure about the strength of uh, GT3 Cup Challenge USA, but that's pretty good um, as as an AM driver, so uh, we'll keep eyes on him. Uh, And finally, we mentioned the Black Swan racing car. They were meant to be the fourth Porsche, or fifth Porsche, rather. They did have to pull out very late on the piece with both Tim Pappas and then Larry Tenvorda testing positive for COVID-19. So, uh, unfortunately that we won't see the Black Swan uh, green machine on track. um, uh, And we can just hope uh, that they recover quickly. And uh, that Tim gets back in a racing seat because I'm not sure that he's actually driven since his Bathurst 12-hour crash in 2019. Uh, Chris, can you shed some light on that for me?
2: No, at least on the major races. I haven't really heard of Tim Pappas um, racing in anything. Uh, Black Swan. Yeah, so yeah, just bad luck for just the Black Swan group.
0: Hmm. Absolutely right. Uh, apparently, Johan's saying that he raced last year's Rolex and finished in fifth. So it shows how much we were paying attention last year. <laughs> uh, Hold on.
2: Um. Tim Pappas did race the Dubai twenty-four. Oh. Ah. That's
0: that's right. He got,
2: and he got COVID from that event. Oh,
0: ah, that's 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 actually a real a real shame for Tim. That's that sucks. Uh, Vassar Sullivan. Not Aim Vassar Sullivan anymore. Just regular Vassar Sullivan. Two cars. They were the class of the field last year in IMSA. They were really just far too quick. Uh, the 12 has Frankie Montecalvo, Robert Menegas, uh, Townsend Bell, and Zach Vaish. And then the 14 has Jack Horsworth, Aaron Teelitz, Oliver Gavin, coming from uh, the Corvette uh, crew, obviously, and Kyle Kirkwood. Now, those two cars don't seem to have the same wow factor that they did last season. Uh, The the 12 especially two golds filling in as the pro drivers after uh, Menega- Meganus and Monte Calvo and then yeah Oliver Gavin really being the only star power in the 14 car what how do we rate uh, Lexus's chances this year uh Chris
2: uh, I it, it's 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 an interesting one for sure and uh, the, the 12 obviously Monte Calvo and Townsend Bell I believe the full season guys who weren't too bad uh, Robert McGinnis, Indy Lights driver, and then Zach Veach, who is an IndyCar car driver for Andretti, and and I believe McGinnis might have a one, Indy Lights win to his name, but in a field that's less than ten cars, can yeah. you really tell from? Can you really tell from that win? But then you have in the fourteen. Uh, obviously the huge news of Oliver Gavin filling in, but Kyle Kirkwood. Which he's actually been racing in the road to India as well. And I believe he he might have won the Pro Mazda Championship last year. It was either Pro Mazda or USF 2000. But I believe he was doing really well in the Pro Mazda Championship that ran last year. So th- I think in terms of if that's the only thing that they could have uh, or the only person that they could have picked up. I wouldn't say that would have been a bad choice.
0: Yeah. That's 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 fair enough. It, it just it, it's just striking to me that they don't seem to have the same sort of wow factor that they did last year. Last year, I mean, Hawksworth was basically untouchable him and him and Thielitz. but it, it, you, you look at some of the other names like I'm looking at the number 9 once again and you can't really compare the quality of drivers there anymore. It, it is just a bit of a step up. Cookie, how do you rate their chances? Yeah, I think uh I think the the Lexus platform was
1: pretty good on BOP, so we'll see how how it fares this uh this time around but it's a, it's a solid chassis so mm. uh, if if it's driven you know within reason it's going to be you know it's going to be up there so and really the 14 I don't, I don't really see that that being too much of an issue i think that you know Kirkwood is a question mark slightly but it's that you know that still was hammering off like two three wins at a time a piece last year so yeah the, the, uh you know that 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 stable knows how to win so the, the i thing would I, definitely
0: the thing I noticed keep last year, there. sorry, sorry to jump over the top of you there, Cookie. The thing I noticed last year is that while on track it was an absolute bullet, in the pits it was a, a nightmare. Their pit stops were routinely five, ten seconds longer than everyone else. So that that's something that's going to have to play into it as well. So it's something sure. to keep an eye on. I mean, I I think yeah, that can be a factor. But
1: I mean, that's that's definitely a a, a thing that can be corrected or fixed. I think outside of the pace of the car and its reliability and drivers. Yeah. So. But you know, with, with that being said, yeah, I mean, there's going to be things that might throw a wrench into that their plan to to win it. But it's uh, it's 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 to a point where it's it's proving wrong unless BOP just makes it suffer. Yeah,
0: so, it, uh, fair we'll enough. Out. Uh, we'll jump over to Ferrari now, uh, AF Corsa and Scuderia Corsa return, uh, for this race. Uh, the number 21 car features a terrifying driver lineup, uh, of Simon Mann, who I believe is the, well, he's the Silver Raider driver, Matteo Cressoni, uh, who definitely shouldn't be a Silver Raider driver, and then... Two of the most terrifying Ferrari factory drivers, Daniel Serra and Nicholas Nielsen in that AF Corsa car. Holy moly, they're going to be a a quick pairing to marshal that car around. And then the 63 Scuderia Corsa car we've been very familiar with in IMSA competition. Um, They've got Brett Curtis as a bronze, Marcus Gomez as a silver, um, who's come from... Stock Car Brazil, and also did a season in the Asian Le Mans series. I recognize that name from. Uh, They've got Ed Jones and Ryan Briscoe as the two pros in that car. Uh, I am blown away by the star power in the number 21 car. Uh, Daniel Serra recently got announced as a WEC full season driver for AF Corsa. And Nicholas Nielsen, who's just... Got become an incredible force in uh the uh AF Corsa AM cars as the pro driver there uh for WEC and ELMS. That's a that's a terrifying driver lineup.
1: No, just to to
0: talk like a little bit more with the with even with Scuderia
1: Corsa, the I mean that's not even that too bad of a lineup outside mm. of the the Brett Curtis because Marcus Gomez is pretty good in uh in Brazilian uh sports car racing down there. And the other two, obviously, Fred Jones and Ryan Briscoe, they're not—they're not bad either. I obviously like—you got to tip the hat to 21, but uh, it's not a bad showing for Ferrari, at least for the uh, the two outfits that they've got. Like, it's—it's it's, again, it's—it's it's more of like a like an actual. You can make arguments for that there. There's talent in this car than not, you know, like where it's where we 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 almost we don't have to talk of them up as much. Yeah, and uh, it's a weird departure for some of this, just because again, like I'm used to seeing a lot of the GTD field while big there's uh there's a lot of kind of unknown question marks here but there's not a lot like mm. we keep going through us so
0: absolutely right of course then. yeah it's just a field stacked with quality and and just quickly on brett curtis he might be uh according to uh ryan kiss he might be 50 54 but he's raced in the wec he's raced in the elms he's raced at 24 of the law on 24 hours Uh, it's, it's, so he's certainly not a, a slouch of a driver, uh, someone without any experience. So we certainly can't write Scuderia Corsa off, um, despite the crazy star power that is the number 21 car. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the, the Ferrari effort? Uh, Scuderia and AF Corsa, Corsa, uh, uh, do you reckon they've got a chance at overall victory? Well, GTD victory? Uh, I think, well, I'm going to talk more about the,
2: uh, the, I'm going to talk about more the 63 here. Ed Jones, obviously, he was a Indy Lights driver. I believe he raced he, he raced IndyCar for Chip Ganassi uh, for a season or two. They moved on to, I think it was supposed to be on the DTM, and then that didn't, I don't think that happened. I think he raced the Gulf 12 hours uh, just a couple of weeks ago in the McLaren 720S, but fortunately oh. that car had problems. So Ed Jones, ever since his Indy Lights championship, Mindy uh, Car didn't do too well since he got kicked off with of Chip Ganassi. So hopefully this will mark a new beginning. Um, obviously Ryan Briscoe, I believe he's one of the drivers that was named for the Glickenhaus program. Absolutely. Um, if and obviously Marcos Gomez, stock car Brazil he I have been champion last year. Um, I believe he's a, he's a champion he, he either last year or a couple of years before. And obviously, Brett Curtis, the guy who brings who's good, bring the money, you know, obviously a business owner. I th- but I think that's a pretty strong lineup. I, but I don't think it's going to rival, obviously, the F. Corsicar. If, yeah,
0: I think it still has a shot for a win. Yeah, you can't. You certainly can't write them off. Is uh, is even even if you, you even if I don't think that they're as close to the twenty one as maybe they could be, you certainly can't write them off. Uh, because we have seen crazy things in GTD. Certainly, uh, Aston Martin are coming in with uh two cars. Uh, the number twenty three, Heart of Racing, Ian James, uh, Roman D'Angelo, Ross Gunn, and Darren Turner, former uh, Aston Martin factory driver in the WEC. And then uh, a TF Sport car uh, with Maxwell Root, uh, Ben Keating uh, backing up in a GTD car as well. And then Charlie Eastwood and Richard Westbrook, uh, which is a pretty good driver from the uh, FIA WEC Aston Martin program. Uh, TF Sport are doing some pretty scary things at the moment. They're kind of popping up everywhere with driver lineups that could win races and championships just out of out of... Just, they're they're everywhere, very sneaky. Yeah, it's, it's just sneaking into everything and and the the car as well looks really really cool. Uh, they've gone away from the red for this car and gone to a blue with a big red splash on the side, so it's look it looks very very cool uh, for for the TF Sport car. Uh, how do we rate uh, TF Sport uh, and uh, Heart of Racing against the rest of this field? There's a lot of quality here uh, in these two cars, but there's a lot of quality in the field as well.
1: Aston's pretty good the mm. GT3 uh platform for them i mean that that new vantage has been very good uh, yeah i think both lineups have something to say for for them but i like the you know i like that kind of ben keating uh mm. aspect of it uh, with the 97 yeah and just in kind of some x factors but a lot of it being just kind of seeing how good they can be uh in that car is going to be interesting so I, I i i wouldn't be surprised if both of these ended up in the top 10 somewhere
2: and I'm really liking the uh, actually the 23 car. You have Ian James who raced the uh, Panos GT4 when when they were around. Um, he wasn't too bad. Then you have Darren Turner and Roska on Aston Martin stalwarts, and they have Roman DeAngelis who was a Porsche Cup USA, and I believe, Canada champion as well, and very good driver. Um, he I think he ran the 24 Hours of Spa last year so he's definitely getting his experience in and i think the
0: 23 might be even better than the tf sport car oh i'm not so sure on that um what i will say is that pardon me uh ross gunn is looking for a bit of redemption here after talking a bit of smack last year about some of the am drivers around him and then jumping in for his first stint uh during the night hours and writing off the car as he put it into the wall on the pit exit. Uh, So uh, I think he will certainly be looking for a little bit of a redemption after making such an embarrassing uh, ass of himself last year uh, in that respect. Uh, Just quickly, Chris, can you shed a little bit of light on uh, Maxwell Root for me, Uh, the number 97, the silver driver in that car? Uh, Porsche Cup USA driver. Is, okay, cool. Uh, interesting, then, that he's driving a Aston Martin. Fair enough. Uh, I, I think Eastwood and Westbrook are, at this point in time, faster drivers than Gunn and Turner, but Turner, of course, has just oodles of experience uh, in the Aston Martin program, so it'll be interesting to see how they stack up. Uh, Mercedes have three cars as well. The number 28 with uh, Billy Johnson, uh, Michael D. Casada, Daniel Morand, and Maxi Boot. That's a big name to drop in the Allegra Motorsports car. Also, Winwood Racing, uh, Russell Ward, Philip Ellis, Indy Donje, and Mario Angle. Again, another crazy huge name to drop into a Mercedes-AMG GT3. And then Sun energy one uh, the the project of Kenny Hibble, uh, and he's got driving with him uh, Michael granier Lucas Stoltz and Raffaele Marchello again a ridiculous name to just drop into a Mercedes AMG car uh, which of those ridiculous names has the best backup uh, quarter well, award yeah backup trio uh, do you reckon guys uh, Chris what do you reckon of those three cars uh, who has the better uh, am lineup Um...
2: Allegra, because Michael De Casada won this Rolex 24 with the Allegra with the Porsche a couple years ago. Ah, yes,
0: I remember that. That was uh them versus Land in the very late stages, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was them against Ford, Land and, uh...
2: I think it was them against Land with Black Swan in the background. Yeah. oh like well, no, that was when Land won. Uh, but, yeah, that was when Allegra won. Michael Casada was in the car, I believe. I think it was Carlos De Casada. It was another uh, Casada in the car that was with him, too. But, Mike, uh I think yeah. Yeah Allegro's gonna take this one with the Mercedes, I'm calling it right now.
0: Wow, that's pretty pretty huge. I would have thought you would have been on the uh the fifty seven train with Indy Doncia. I thought he was one of your uh more preferred drivers.
1: Huh <laughs> Fair enough. Cookie, what about you? What are you what are your thoughts? Yeah, twenty eight. I, w- I mean that's that's very high up there. I'd say it's like with definitely within range of top three winning the category. So yeah, that's the strongest out of the three Mercedes. I,
0: I did not expect that. I I was I thought everyone was going to zero in on the number seventy five car. I think uh, Kenny Habul, you know, he's placed second overall at the Bathurst Twelve Hour, and you know, Rafael Marchiello and Luca Stoltz are incredible drivers for black falcon oh well sorry uh help racing team uh in uh in a variety of competitions so i i thought that was what people were going to zero in on but i okay i've been schooled here been schooled by by the americans i'll we'll show you uh, absolutely right uh rounding out the gcd entry is three a uh, single make oh single car from single make efforts uh i'll I'll fix that up in post, probably, maybe. Uh, we've got uh, a single Audi, which to me is a big surprise because of uh, Audi's prowess everywhere else in the world. Uh, this is the NTE Sport car. Um, Alan Metney, Andrew Davis, J.R. Hildebrand, and Don Yount. Uh, one gold driver and two bronzes. How are we... What do we think about that car?
2: Ugh... <sighs> Just cars not probably not gonna do too well at all because you get you get Don out who's the bronze. He used to race the prototype challenge class. Mm. Um, then, you get, then I think that's and Alan uh, Metney who probably brings the money to the team. You have Andrew Davis, which he isn't a bad driver. He I believe he was with um, Stevenson in those Audis when they ran in oh, yeah. Then you have J with 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 J R Hildebrand with that's a big name. Um, unfortunately only really known for the 2011 Indianapolis 500 where he, he hit the wall, that famous call and Dan Weldon took the checkered flag. But unfortunately, as much as I like Audi, I mean, I don't think this car is going to do too well compared to what we've saw on the inch so far.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a single Audi. We're so used to seeing an armada of Audi in every single GT3 series, but it's really weird that we're seeing one very sort of under, underpowered Audi in in GTD it's 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 a bit of a surprise to me now uh, what about what are your thoughts on that cookie you were you expecting more Audis in this entry list uh no because uh COVID okay so. yeah fair yeah I mean
1: a lot of this too is just uh, the locations of some of these teams I mean Audi doesn't really have any North American teams that run them consistently enough yep um and so I just feel that uh some of the Audi teams would have come from overseas and they're not here because of that
0: Yep, fair enough. Uh, Acura are being championed wow. by Magnus, uh, with uh, Magnus with Archangel. So uh, your typical Magnus crew: John Potter, Spencer Pompelli, Andrew, Andrew Andy Lally. Pardon me, and Mario are uh, coming over from the MSR uh, operation. Uh, running that forty-four. How do we rate Magnus's chances? I I don't think. They have the same star power as they did a few years ago when they had uh, Rast and Winklehawk in behind the wheel, but it's certainly an appreciable uh, amount of driving talent in that car. Yeah,
1: enough to maybe to be it might,
0: We'll
2: see. It might be not. It might not be the favorite to win, but it's going to be a fan favorite because uh, I believe their car, their livery, is uh, like the Mach Five in Speed Racer.
0: Oh really? Oh yes. Ah, oh, Magnus, I love you. They are basically just R slash W C circle jerk in a car, isn't it? Here we uh no that's not the right one. Oh I don't have, I can't find a picture of their livery on uh on any article. Damn, that's annoying. Man, yeah, so we 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 love Magnus. Magnus have great personality, uh so always hoping that they do well. Uh I don't Unfortunately, with with the quality of names and some other teams, I don't really think they have a shot at it, but uh, let's, uh, hopefully they do well anyway. Uh, final car on the entry list, BMW M3, uh, for, sorry, M6 GT3 from Turner Motorsports, uh, running in the Liqui Moly livery, uh, Robbie Fowley, Bill Orbelin, oh, Robbie Foley, sorry, Bill Orbelin, Adrian Reed, and Colin Herter. Thoughts, hopes, dreams, two silvers, two golds, are they really going to push for the win? And then Adrian
2: Reed, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, it's Aiden, Aiden Reed. Le- Aiden Reed. Did he race the Asian Lamas series last year?
0: Yes, he did. He was in a uh, LMP3 car, if I remember correctly, uh, running, uh, I think he ran in the second of the inter Europol cars. Uh, wait, no, he ran in the Eurasia motorsport car, the car that was the Australian livery car at the bend if i remember correctly I, I i reckon i do um it was a while ago but if that if i uh, if i don't remember correctly that's very bad of me because i actually interviewed him so i should i should remember that uh yeah so uh, he's he's a quality young driver He's 21 years of age so uh, still got a lot of his career ahead of him um bill orblin bmw stalwart colin herter th- thoughts on herter
2: he won the Rolex 24 with BMW M8, like, two years ago. Yeah, there
0: you go. I'd completely forgotten about that. So what's he doing in a, and in, a s- in a Turner Motorsport car, then? I don't know. It's Colton hair, though. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, fair enough. He's still with a BMW crew, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's still in the family. Any last comments before we start to try and make some predictions about this GTD field? Hmm. Uh... It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. A lot. Just the number of Platinums in this field is kind of scary, to be honest. I, I think the, that's something that I've particularly noticed. We've gone from a, a, a smattering of very good drivers in a more AM-based championship to just the, the driver talent ramping up incredibly over the last few years. Uh, it's it's yeah, a, a little bit wild. Uh, let, let's get into some uh, predictions. Guys, there's 19 cars on this entry list. I want you to give me three. Three that are going to challenge for the win. I'm going to give you a second to think about it before we, we jump into it. Uh, while, while they're both thinking about it, we'll just say uh, there is also going to be a Michelin Pilot Challenge race over the course of the Daytona weekend. That's a, a four-hour race. Normally, we go into the entry list for that a little bit, and Chris Washer would give us some, some nice just... Uh, Interesting names to pull out of that, but as we're already on two hours, we can't really uh, get into that. But that's well, c- certainly a big event. Hold on, no, Chris, Chris, I we got. It's two hours. I'm I got, got, I got stuff to do, man. I got stuff to do.
2: Cookies we got, well, got... we got Spencer Piggott Russell oh Ward, Doncha, Trent Hydman Andrew Davis, uh, Colin Brown, um, Kuno Whitmer, and then we have Ryan Hardwick. Just listen to somebody of the uh, Spencer Pompelli. <laughs> Uh, Chad McCumby, who's form a former NASCAR driver, uh, Hugh Plum and Matt Plum, Kyle Marcelli, who raced with the GT World Challenge America and with the uh, Acuras, uh, Owen Trinkler, who is doing double duty, I believe, as well, Robin Liddell with the uh, Camaro, and then you have uh, Bill Oberlin. And Robbie Foley doing double duty, and that's all in the GT4 cars. Jeez, then in Chris, TCR, Chris, th- in TCRs, <laughs> you got I know I'm gonna stop, Simpson, Chris, former GT uh, JDC uh, guy, and uh,
0: Ryan Norman, former uh, who's also doing double duty, and that's my quick rundown. Uh, I, I I swear, between that and the Nurburgring 24 lower classes, those are the two moments you look forward to most in the entire year. I would have gotten more, but you threatened me to stop. Well, I mean, we don't have time, Chris. We don't <laughs> have time. Um, So, uh, as Enjoy you can y'all. tell, there's there's quality names in that field. That race is one of the best races of the year consistently. So, make sure you check that out. That is on the Friday of the race weekend. Yes. Yep. yep. And if you... Yep miss if you're not sure when that is make sure you download your racing line app and get notifications for it and it'll convert it to your time zone look at that we're doing the sponsor plug everyone um yeah, yeah. okay so that is what we've got on the weekend guys gtd picks give me a top three uh cookie you can you go, go first, first chris. No, 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 no. okay so you chris can go first Oh, uh, why, why, uh, why, oh, why can't Flood go? Okay, away? okay, fine. Okay, right. I'll go first then, if uh, if that's what yeah. you guys want. I'll go first. I want you to go first. Me? Okay, number nine. Number nine is going to win, and they're going to be in competition. Uh, so that's Path Motorsports. They're going to be in competition with Paul Miller Racing, and... Uh, yeah. uh, the and Now this is where it gets hard. I picked out the two best ones, and now I, I think it's going to be the Triple One, the GRT Grasser Racing Team. Yeah. That, that that would be my pick. Uh so uh number nine, number one, and triple one. That's that's where I'm going. So who wants to go yeah. next?
1: I mean I'll do I'll do one and 9 too. Uh, two. I'll I'll take a I'll take a scoop of both of those. And then from my side I'll have <laughs> Oh man, it is this is so tough. This is so tough. I'll probably just go with the uh uh with fourteen
0: the Vassar Sullivan Hawksworth yeah, Teelitz, Vassar Sullivan Gavin Kirkwood? Teelitz, Gavin Kirkwood and Hawksworth damn that's that's a car absolutely Chris what
1: about you uh nine
2: 111,
1: 28
0: 28 that's the Allegro Motorsports car uh Billy Johnson Dicasada Moran, and Book. that's pretty that's uh, that's a really good pick as well. So it's so like, what we're seeing here is it's basically RNG, but also the number nine exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just Correct. can't, I just can't get past like even the Ams in that car, Robichon and Kern, they're, they're not amateurs. That's not, that That shouldn't be allowed. That's, that shouldn't be allowed. Oh. Take that, my damn head. that's that's absolutely terrifying uh so there you have it that is the daytona 24 of course uh the first round of the imsa championship uh so the first round of the endurance cup as well for imsa uh the qualifying is over the raw weekend so hopefully we'll have that up by the time we'll have this podcast up by the time uh that the the qualifying starts um the race starts at what time lads uh, three around three thirty Eastern time. 3 30, three thirty Eastern, which for me is six a.m. on Sunday. So, uh, I just
2: you, just use the racing line. That yes, make sure you yeah.
0: download the racing line app and support. And you won't have to worry at all. It'll <laughs> set an alarm for you. It, it will set an alarm teeth.
1: for you. Absolutely Wait, it right. Won't, it won't press your teeth. Don't don't do that. Um, <laughs> I'll be there as well. So I'll have live in person coverage
0: oh cool nice i am jealous i am very very jealous i haven't been to a racetrack for almost a year and i feel sad
1: well good for you You're uh, No, it's not safe. it's
0: not good for me it's bad for me i need my well, mental health to be re- restored that's uh,
1: fair you know what that's a that's a good argument and that's why i go
0: yeah fair enough uh so uh chris uh thank you very much for all your efforts in uh give uh, shedding light onto some of these more unknown drivers sorry that we had to cut you off uh in terms of the prototype challenge race i know how much you love uh you love that race uh but we are running very low on time so thank you very much chris god damn <laughs> uh thank you cookie and austin as well always uh for everything you do with us yeah man uh yeah appreciate it glad to be on
1: for season six and uh you know I'm now setting up the app as we speak so. yeah <laughs>
0: Nice, glad to hear that. Have a good year. Hope you get some good news out of that. Uh, thank you, yeah. of course, to everyone who's been involved with Endurance Chat. Thank you to Lada for the awesome covers. Uh, thank you to the Racing Line for sponsoring us. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, it is now six years that we've been doing our Daytona previews, uh, our race previews, and our wrap ups and everything. And it is because of you listening that we get to do something so cool and uh, so widespread so as always i'm very appreciative uh, of our audience and that is you listening right now um, for all the support that you've given us uh i hope that 2021 is a great year in racing and a great year for everyone around uh, all of our listeners uh and yeah i'm very excited that we get to kick the year off uh, with such a big event on that note i'm Mark Zalavari. thank you very much for listening peace out
1: here yeah, on 101 I said that wrong. It's GR010.
0: GR010. Thank you very much, lads. Let everybody know that I messed it up. Yeah. That's going to be our end tag as well. I just want to let everyone know that you messed it up.